to the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, episode 39. Uh, this is going to be our Harry Potter episode. Um, I am your host, Rob, and joining me tonight is Bill. Hey! Ben. Hello! Kat. Hi! And Jada. Hello! So, for tonight, we're going to get things kicked off the way we get every episode kicked off, and that is the question for you guys I have is this. Would you rather work for the Ministry of Magic... Or be a professional Quidditch player, and I'm going to start with Ben tonight. Oh, boy. Uh, see, I have to juggle different things about this question. Because it's whether or not I'm looking career, or if I'm looking for fame. Fame would be a Quidditch player, without a doubt. But you can only play Quidditch for so long. So, I'm thinking long term, I'm going to say I'd probably rather work for the Ministry of Magic. Okay. Because it, it is a more long term deal than just a professional Quidditch player. Okay, that, that does make sense. I get that. So before we go any further, because I'm going to go to Jada next, but we're going to cast Confundus on her for tonight, because uh, <laughs> you're, you're trying to recover. So It's okay. So fair enough. <laughs> um, but Jada, what would you go with? Well, see, now this question, again, it's, it's a pretty tough one, but I'd actually go with the Ministry of Magic, because, I mean, as much as people think, oh, they're bureaucrats, whatever, government, but... There are some pretty, like, cool jobs that go... Like, you could be an aura, you could be out there, like, busting some magical bad guys and stuff. So, I'm going to have to go with ministry. Okay. Kat? Well, as much as I... So, normally, I don't like organized sports. So, that whole angle wouldn't appeal to me. But I really like the idea of flying to the point where I'm willing to overrule the organized sports dislike. And I think <laughs> I would go with a professional Quidditch player. Okay, what, what position do you think you would be? Chaser. Beater. Yeah, I can see Chaser. Cat yeah. could be a beater, too, I can see. <laughs> Bench warmer. Tiny Irish girl, yes. That's so mean. <laughs> that, is, that position does exist in Quidditch as well. No, Bench warmer. I out there, like, war, like, you know, scoring the goals and stuff. Yeah, I would want to. I think that would be, yeah. Chaser. Chaser. That would be Chaser. awesome. Because you're kind of nimble and quick. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I could definitely see that. See. Water yeah. girl. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I'll hire you to be No, they have Aquamanti. They don't need a water. That's girl. true. <laughs> Mascot. <laughs> Your team would be the peeps. <laughs> They're made of marshmallow? <laughs> the band shows. So, this is a tough one. So, because you, you just put Ministry of Magic down there. There's no specific job that you've listed in the Ministry of Magic. But not everybody works in, in, in a magical world in the Ministry. Right. But, you know, there could be very, very well, scary things if, in the Ministry of Magic. Like, if you're an Auror, you're dealing with scary shit that's probably going to try to kill you every single day. Hell yeah. But, I mean, also, if you think about, like, Quidditch, though, there's multiple, you know, roles in a Quidditch team. Right. And most of them will probably, based on how long you're Quidditch career is going to exist for. But like, the, if you are a beater, there's a high chance you could have one or two really good seasons, then you are past your prime. I mean, I see professional Quidditch player, unfortunately, taking the same route as professional football. With those bludgers flying about, there's got probably got to be a lot of, you know, brain injuries and things like that that go on, and there's a whole, you know, Quidditch player. Jada knows. Yes. Taking a bludger to the head, unfortunately, is, uh, is not so much fun. You end up in... Uh, in the sick wing with Madame Pumphrey giving you some really, really foul-tasting potions for about a week or so. Quidditch players union starting to raise a stink because all the older players are retired. And they make a Will Smith movie about concussions. (laughs) We need to raise the Quidditch salary cap. (laughs) Uh, I mean, 
the game's just not fun anymore no. since all the new rules have gone into play. <laughs> just like just like most professional, you know, sport players nowadays, I could probably be a professional Quidditch player and probably be really shit one at that and then eventually become a coach. So I'll take that. I'll take professional Quidditch player and and not work for the Mystery of Magic where all sorts of things may won't try to kill me if I'm an Auror. Uh, I don't want to be involved in government at that level. And I don't want to work as like a records clerk in some crazy, I'm 20 stories below the earth type of thing. <laughs> what position would you play? Uh, I'd, I'd see you as keeper. Oh, I'd definitely be keeper because I wouldn't want to really participate for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Bill would be the largest golden snitch ever on the field. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we're also talking about the teams that, that we would play for, you know, my, my house team, uh, and I know we're going to get into this later, my house team would be Hufflepuff, and Hufflepuffs really didn't win Quidditch all that often. <laughs> <laughs> they liked the they parties did, afterwards. They did, though. Cedric. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Cedric. 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 That was like, year two. Like the shining star. He was. Cedric, he was so dreamy. <laughs> and then he went and did Twilight. I was going to say, before he became a sparkly vampire, he was dreamy. <laughs> well, he became a sparkly vampire because he got killed. Because he yeah. died, yeah. <laughs> so, Rob, what about you? Uh, for me, I think I'm going to go Quidditch as well. Because um, I already do a desk job. so Because that's probably what I would do with the ministry as well, let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to go Quidditch. Uh, I'm not a sports person normally, but something about Quidditch is kind of exciting. And Absolutely. I think it would be amazing to do because what's going to happen is I'm going to have a, a one to maybe two year career. I'm going to have an injury that can't be healed by magic. And then I'm going to probably be like out back of the dumpster and like, you know, like the seedy underbelly of like oh my God. the shopkeeps and just be like, Hey, uh. Are you going to be down diagonally? No, yeah, no, the other one. Um, Nocturnale. Nocturnale, yeah. and I'll be like, look at these fine golden watches I have. I assure you that they are real. Um, and that will be my future. But no, um, I, I have a feeling I would probably be probably either a, uh, a seeker, or I can see myself as a beater, maybe. I see you as a seeker. Seeker? Yeah, not a yeah. beater. You have attention no. to detail, so seeker yeah. Seeker. Seeker. Yes, not a beater. This beater just sounds fun. No. Yeah. And then three years later, you you're addicted get, to spike. You I would be like, <laughs> I probably would. With your luck, you would just. That's what would, that would probably also be what would happen. The playing, like you know, doing seeker. I'd be like, oh, I got it, I got it, and then just wham. Yeah. I think of all the injuries that Harry had. Yeah. Just as being a seeker, I mean, he got all the bones taken out of his arm. Mm-hmm. He got whacked in the head by bludgers several times. Um, he practically swallowed the golden snitch and his first game. So mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, I can see myself as seeker. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm accident prone enough, but I, I do have good, t- uh, good attention to detail. You would notice so, things, yeah. yeah. I'd be like, ooh, shiny. Mm-hmm. I think if I was going to be a Quidditch player, I'd probably be a beater. That'd I can be see awesome. that. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. <laughs> then what, what would your your position be? Oh, bench warmer. <laughs> <laughs> you could, no, I, you, I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably be a seeker. I, 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 I think I'd probably be a seeker as well. Just because every other position just doesn't appeal to me. I think either beater or chaser for me. Mm-hmm. All right. So now that we're kind of now into and we're, our brains are kind of opened up a little bit more thinking about Harry Potter, because again, I think I probably brought us in on the most kind of like just down like, hi, this is the episode, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, my brain's just still not okay. on. So, uh, but anyway, so let's actually dive into the meat of this episode. Since we're talking about Harry Potter, we figure the best way to do this and really kind of start this off in full is kind of say, 
what our houses are. So it gives you an idea of who we are. It's like when we did our D&D discussions, right? This is my class and this is the race I'd be. But this way we can say, this is the house that we probably would belong to. And I thought, you know, in addition to that, what our Patronus would probably be. So I mean, this is not based off of Pottermore because Pottermore is not always accurate. I think Damn a lot of these people straight. keep. Also, also, the Sorting Hat itself takes what you would choose into accountability because they even did that with Harry. He said, "Not Slytherin," and the hat said, "But you'd be wonderful." So. Not Slytherin. Not eh? Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start with Bill since I already brought it up. Yes, uh, and and since we mentioned Pottermore, I, I do appreciate Pottermore, and they've done a great thing with that website. You know, giving all the all the information about Harry Potter, all the quizzes to find out your house and your wand and your Patronus and things like that. But they put me in Gryffindor, and I can definitely see where they would have seen me in Gryffindor. However, at my heart, at my core, I am a puff. I am definitely a Hufflepuff. One of go Badgers. I I just have to stress, make sure you put Huffle before Puff, because I think in the real world, Puff means something completely different you might not want to be associated with. You know what? I'll take it. All right. Whatever. But I'm a Hufflepuff. I don't even know what it means, but something tells me it means something. You're Herf Perf. I'm a Herf Perf. I like, I like food, I like fun, I like everybody to be fed and have fun as well, so... Yes, yes, my shirt is fun and punny. It, it and doesn't go with a podcast, like, but I just kind of like what a Hufflepuff would want. Um, my Patronus, which I do I do appreciate what uh, Pottermore did give me for this one, is a Tonkinese cat. What is that? Um, it's a cat. It's cat. Yes. It's Tonkinese. It's cat. It's, it's like... It's Tonkinese. I mean, you've seen those... Uh, think of... Like, think of what, like, the, the Siamese cats look like from Lady and the Tramp. Like, that coloring, but, like, a bit beefier. Like, a regular, you know, regular, beefy, regular-sized cat. Not a beefy cat. Not, like, <laughs> not like poor Chrono. Oh, my baby. <laughs> and I love Chrono. that she opened her eyes and looked just angry. Just to you. Chrono's a little pudgy, but, you know, just a regular, regular-sized cat. Okay. Okay. We're just going to go right around, so. Right. Ben. Um, I remember when I did Pottermore, I think Pottermore put me in Slytherin, which I could see, um, and I'd be okay with it. You do great <laughs> things in Slytherin. <laughs> but I, th- I think, as Bill mentioned too, at my heart, I think more at my heart, I'm more a Ravenclaw than anything. So. What I, about it? Differs I, from Slytherin for you. Slytherclaw? Yeah, Slytherclaw. maybe, yeah. If there was such a thing. Slytherclaw. Some of my favorite quizzes are actually the ones that do the blended houses. Oh, yeah. I've never done one that was yeah. a blended house. Yeah, it's I'd neat. have to try that one. Yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. like a Slytherclaw. What else? Or a Raven Inn. <laughs> I don't really think it works the other way around. <laughs> Ravendor? Or Raven Inn? Ravendor. <laughs> yeah, Ravendor Claw. Just put me in all four. I'll be fine. <laughs> um, Ravenclaw. Raven. Ravenclaw. Ravendor Claw Puff. Um, I don't know. I don't really know, but for some reason my heart just goes Ravenclaw. I don't really know if yeah. there's any distinguishable thing about it. Just because I mean, it's it's like you said to Slytherin. Not everything about Slytherin is bad. No, there's true. bad people in Slytherin, but there's yeah. bad people in every house. Yeah. True. So and nothing necessarily bad about Slytherin. It's just I just feel myself more as a Ravenclaw. Yeah. As for my Patronus, uh, Pottermore gave me a, a rabbit. Um, I also think it was a dead a, rat I, or a dead rat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know if. I, I want to say Phoenix just because I'm, like, obsessed with the Phoenix. I think it would be great to be attached to it. But if it wasn't a Phoenix, I'd like it to be maybe, like, a fox. Okay. I think it would be a pretty cool Patronus, too. Okay. Um, 
Gryffindor, hands down. I mean... That's not even a question. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every test I take, except for, like, one random outlier one, I've gotten Gryffindor. And mostly it's, I mean, like, the aspects of the house fit really, really well. I'm way too kind of attention-y and showboaty to deal with. Like, I wouldn't be a sl- I would be a terrible Slytherin. <laughs> I, I suck at lying. I'm not a good manipulator. I'm not good at, like... The plotting and plots and like the and same thing like with Ravenclaws. I wouldn't want to start. I wouldn't. I don't have the attention and focus that they do. Like Hufflepuff. They, I mean, they're very chill. I'm not chill. I'm very <laughs> not chill at the, all. Hufflepuff are like the potheads of Hogwarts. It's. I mean, they're great. They're great to hang around with. But it's, <laughs> but it's like you know, I wouldn't be. I'm just not that way at all. You're so, either full of energy or asleep. It's true. Yeah. There's no alternative. So, and then um, my Patronus, I think when I took Pottermore, it was like Jaguar, which is really cool. And I, I'd be cool with that one. I really like otters. I kind of just want an otter. They're playful and silly and I can see that. mischievous. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. Get Lily to sing you her otter song sometimes. She, she has, has really, an otter song. She wrote a song about otters, because why wouldn't she? <laughs> That's so uh, cute. So um, I, I'm wearing my, my house pride today, and I am <laughs> a Gryffindor through and through. Um, for many of the reasons that Kat also said, but I'm just, I'm too, I'm too like mama bear protector about mm-hmm. all the people that I love and so, and it's funny because I think that's one of the reasons why when I actually did take the Pottermore quiz, because I'm so protective of people, it put me in that loyalty category and told me I was a Hufflepuff. And I was like, nah, no, nah, no, nah, sorry. I, there are many <laughs> qualities about how I'm married to a Hufflepuff. There are many qualities about the Hufflepuffs that I absolutely adore, but I am such a Gryffindor. I don't even take the quizzes where it's like, put together a mixtape of your favorite 80s songs. And it's like, Gryffindor, build this feast. And it's like, Gryffindor. Like, I don't I don't try to take any of the quizzes any sort of way. It's not like, you know, those funny memes where it's like, what house, how do you brush your teeth? House quiz. Bravely. I eat a sandwich first while reading a book. I'm a snake. No. <laughs> like, I am every time, every, every time I take a quiz, I am a Gryffindor. Choose any house other than Gryffindor. Gryffindor! <laughs> Pretty much. Um, my Patronus, or it's funny that you said Fox before because I was originally thinking Fox, but, um, one of the, one of the animals that always kind of like pops to my forefront um, is a mom bear. So I kind of have to go with a bear on this one. That's awesome. I like that. Uh, I think for me, uh, it's not really too much of a question, but I'd definitely be a Ravenclaw. Um, Ravenclaw. Mm -hmm. I I don't think I've ever seen myself as pretty much any other house. (laughs) You have so much blue on today. (laughs) I do have all of the blue on today. I didn't even think about that today, too. We're we're all sort of, uh, with the exception of you. Yeah, I'm wearing the Hufflepuff color, so. Because you have black on. You're wearing Gryffindor color. Yeah, you're wearing Gryffindor color. What color was, red and gold. Uh, red Hufflepuff and gold. was black and gold. That's right. Black I had him confused. Yellow. I had him confused. Black and yellow. We're, yeah. we're red and gold, but you have Weasley hair coloring, so you uh-huh. are always sporting your colors. Go. You look like a ginger, so yeah. I don't put you in. <laughs> Another Weasley. Another Weasley. I know just where to put you. <laughs> yeah, no, we're all very accurately where That's we should be. Uh, I, I, I think, yeah, definitely, I'll, um, you know, Ravenclaw, this is just always me. I, I'm a very much like, how does this work? I'm very curious. I'm going to take it apart and be like, oh, that yes. makes sense. Now let's try to put it back together. Hmm. Didn't do it this time. 
but I will next time. <laughs> and you rabbit hole a lot. Like, the things that you're into, it's like, here's all the things you ever wanted to know about video game history of ever. Yes. It's like, <laughs> did you know that there's six different sound chips across this one game based on what territory it's released in? No, Rob, I did. I really didn't. <laughs> Nobody wants to know that stuff. Trust me. Even I sometimes, I'm like, I probably forgot a childhood memory and replaced it with that useless factoid. And that's pretty much guaranteed. That is like... Quintessential Ravenclaw. Yes. With the the, the actually, here, here's the, here's a sad one that always makes me laugh. That definitely shows Ravenclaw. One six three four one four. Do you know what that is? No. That is the UPC of a used SKU for Sonic Adventure from Dreamcast that I learned close to about fifteen years ago at GameStop. What? Yes. Uh huh. No, not GameStop. This is before EB was gone. So okay. a long time ago. But yeah, one six three four one four. Used for Sonic Sonic Adventure on Dreamcast. I'm this very, very sad that it's still there. Um, Same. It's kind of one of those things that it's like my test. If I'm like, how am I feeling today? If I can't remember that, something's probably wrong. It's like our friend Mike, who's been on this show. Uh, like, if you ask him Lilu's name from um, Fifth Element, he can say the whole thing. That's his drunk test. So... And that's a cat trying to open up the door. So <laughs> you hear banging in the background, folks. So, uh, but as far as me from my Patronus, uh, my Patronus, I would actually say probably a shark. Um, oh, accurate. Yeah. That's very you. Would you put it in a tornado? No. Oh, okay. no, no. <laughs> Five times. No. I would okay. never do it once. Let's be honest. <laughs> right. Sharks don't belong in tornadoes. No. No sharks. Even though that sci fi consistently thinks they do. No. <laughs> Uh, the only thing that should be ever in tornadoes is is cats because I think it'd be really funny to a have a cat nado. A cat nado. Yeah. That'd be the noisiest tornado ever. But think about a whole bunch of them all making that sound. That would be the funniest thing ever. Cat nado. Or most horrifying thing. Okay. So now that we know, and you all know now, who we are as far as Potter is concerned. Let's move into our first major point of the night, which is going to be our largest point of probably this episode and could be the thing that takes over the entire episode. <laughs> it's a wait to see. Uh, so um, the first thing we want to dive into is what makes the magical world so magical. Uh, you know, this originally came around back in 1997. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, before we get into that, um, our favorite Harry Potter experience. I almost completely skipped over that. Uh, that's also a little bit more of a getting to know us and our Harry Potter geekdom. So, um, who would like to start off as far as what their favorite experience is I, with thinking Potter? I, I have, unfortunately for me, I don't really have a favorite because I have a least favorite that kind of outshadows it. Really? Okay. Yes. Um, I don't know if I've ever told this story to you guys before, but this was right around the time that um, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the book, had just come out. Literally... Two days after the book's release. I had not yet even picked up the book oh, yet. No. I was on IMDb when IMDb still had message boards. They don't have them anymore. <laughs> this is why. I was reading a message board about something completely unrelated to the Harry Potter series, the movies, the films, the books, whatever. And I read a post about somebody about somebody talking about some movie. Can't even remember the movie. All I remember is they made their point, they made their point, they made their point, and at the end. Again, two days after the book released, it said, by the way, Snape is the Half-Blood Prince. I was like, 
Oh, that's not oh, the that's spoiler super I was shitty, expecting. But yeah, totally. It's shitty. Not the one I was expecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one were you expecting? Dumbledore's dead. dead. Oh, no. Or, no. or Snape, like, Snape killed yeah. Dumbledore. Yeah. That was yeah. also everywhere that's within so a day. Of that well, movie. that's not what I saw. I saw Snape with the Half Blood Prince, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This has absolutely nothing to do with Harry Potter. You're a bastard. That basically. is a very mean thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, and unfortunately, because of that one negative thing, I really. I have a bunch of positive memories, but nothing that really stands out as a favorite. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I think one of mine was actually uh, when the final book released. We were at Otacon at the I time. was at that Otacon yes, with you. Yes, you were there. Um, <laughs> but when that final book released, um, people broke from Otacon to... So it took place in Baltimore every year. I think now it's DC. But, like, you know, people actually broke away from the convention to go wait in line at the Barnes and Noble for their, I mean, it's all geeks, so it's not shocking. But um, <laughs> everyone was waiting in line at like over at um, the Barnes and Noble for the book, for the final book. And so people were staying up. I mean, I, I remember I waited, but then the second we got home, I mean, anyone who's gone to a con, you're friggin' exhausted. Like, it's the whole weekend. It's crazy. You're up all night and like, you know, you're walking everywhere, and by the time you get home, you're super tired. But our roommate, TJ, who's been on this podcast at the time, he had it at home. And he, so he lent it to me the night I got home. I stayed up all night reading it, and I had to work a shift at Starbucks that morning at 4.45. I got an hour of sleep. I woke up, no, not even, maybe a half hour of sleep. And then I woke up like a couple minutes, like, you know, I had, and I finally just crashed out. I had a chapter left, maybe, no, two chapters. So then I woke (laughs) up right before, like, you know, a little bit before work so I could read it and then got (laughs) stuck. As for me, I think one of the ones that's uh, very memorable is, and it's kind of a sad memory nowadays, but, um, well, me and Kat are one of our closest uh, friends we, uh, we've had. Um, for the final film, we all went to actually dress up and go to the theater. And our friend actually had this amazing Mad-Eye Moody costume. So he was dressed as Mad-Eye Moody. His friend was in just uh, Hogwarts robes, I believe. Like it was I in like so, Gryffindor yeah. robes. Um, and you, we did Tonks you, and Lupin. Yeah, and then you dressed as Tonks, and I I did um, Lupin, including like full facial scars mm-hmm. and nice. uh, to go see the final movie. Yeah, I, and I, you did Glenn's Moody scars too. And I did yeah. all his scars, the Mad Eye Moody scars, and all for the final one. But it was such a great experience because people kept stopping all of us and wanted to get pictures and. Well, with his costume too, our friend he would always when he did a costume, he did that full commitment thing. Where his was so accurate, and he also looked so much like Mad Eye Moody that everyone was stopping him because they thought the actor showed up. They thought wow. like he was getting he had I can totally throngs see of people around him, and I mean like he go he would go and research talk about Ravenclaw, but like he would go and research everything in depth to like make sure that it was. It's like perfect. this ring is exactly this size. It has this markation on it. All of these things. Wow. He would do all of it. But it was so much fun doing that and and being able to do that and share that that memory with him. But also just seeing how excited everybody got because of it. Oh, yeah, uh, for the final movie. And like you know, it was great. It was like the experience of like when like you know Phantom Menace came out, and I haven't had an experience in the theater since the Phantom Menace. 
quite like that since that Harry Potter night. Yeah. Where it was everybody just so just geeked out and just excited. What did we say? I don't remember. I'm trying to, I'm blanking, but like, what did we say? Because I know before the movie started, we like all stood up, like our row did and said something. Oh, uh, no, at the very end of, oh, the, movie, the, end of the movie, we, uh, our, our group of people, and we told people all around, around us, yeah. as soon as the credits hit, we all got up and screamed, Mischief Managed. Yes! yes. It was so awesome. <laughs> but it was really awesome, and people cheered up. We got a bunch of people to do it. Yeah, we got a whole crew to, like, do it, because we were just telling people around us, we're like, all right, guys, <laughs> Yeah. And everyone was just in such, it was really, really cool experience. Yeah. I gotta say, my favorite Harry Potter experience is probably yet to happen. Yeah. Because I'm going to Florida in a couple of weeks. I'm going to actually do the Harry Potter yeah, experience. Yeah, that's so do. exciting. Yep. I'm super jealous. I'm, awesome. I'm very excited to get there and buy my wand, which is going to be able to control things inside of Universal and inside the Harry Potter part of the park. And yeah. That's, that's super awesome. exciting. It's going to be fun. Um, I would say probably my, like my first favorite real experience with Harry Potter. And I had read, um, I think it was up to the first three books when the first movie was released. So either the first three, maybe the first four, I don't know, but I know I had read them all. And um, I kind of was late, a little late to the party on Harry Potter books, but um, I really dove into them when, when I first started reading them. And um, I remember the first movie was released on my birthday, because my birthday is always right around Thanksgiving. So it was released on my birthday, and just kind of like walking in, and you hear that first little like chiming of the music, like, yes. do, 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 do. and just being totally immersed and having it look so vividly like how it looked in my imagination. And it was just so picture perfect how they, you know, every little detail and everything was, especially in that first movie, because the book was short. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to edit anything out or omit anything. And that first movie was just so spot on for me. That was probably my, my first, you know, that is just really what stands out to me. Okay. So I think at this point in time, now we'll dive into what I was going to say originally before Kat caught me and jumped ahead too much. So now now we'll dive into what makes the Wizarding World so magical. Um, you know, it's been around since 1997 at this point when the book first came out in the UK. It didn't come out until I think uh, almost a, close to a year later um, in the US. And it actually didn't come out until I think September of 98. I think it originally came out in June or July in 97 uh, in the UK. Um but since it's been around, uh, you know, there's a couple points to kind of look at here is, you know, what made us all first get drawn into this and be like, holy crap, this is amazing. Jay. Attention to detail and character development. Um, and for me, I very much fell in love with the books first um, because J.K. Rowling, she just immerses you in that entire world and she sticks with characters, even if they're minor characters. You hear about Pavardi Patil and her sister mm-hmm. in the first book, and this stays with them all the way through the end. And you get to see the you get to see the main characters grow up. You get to see them from when they're eleven till when they're seventeen. And you get to see you know how they experience all those different little idiosyncrasies of adolescence, um, and you know the things that you know every awkward teenager, muggle, or wizard has to go through. So that to me is really what made me fall in love with it. It's just the character development of everything. Um, and just the world itself was just so intricate. And, um, you know, that to me, she just, she paints a beautiful picture and she wrote a, mm-hmm. a beautiful universe. Uh, I'm also realizing in my outline here, the first two points are pretty much the exact same thing. And I just didn't realize <laughs> it as I was going through. So, um, so is, you're giving your answers on this stuff. You can obviously pump those two things together. Um, Kat. Um, I mean, I was definitely into the books 
like, hardcore. I liked the first couple movies, but I didn't really watch the rest of them until the later ones. I kind of fell off of them for a little bit. But um, the books I absolutely fell in love with. One of the things that I really loved was, um, I mean, you can tell an author has created a very, very unique universe when, and plot, when you have people doing all their theorizing. Because one of the things that was so much fun is the mystery that spanned of Voldemort, that spanned through the entire series. And watching everyone go into like crazy theory mode between books was one of the most awesome things to have lived through. Because, you know, every time like a new book release was on the horizon, all of a sudden the dialogue would start up again. And everyone was like, well, what do you think this means? What do you think the Horcrux is going to be? I think it means this and blah, 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 blah. And this person said this in this moment and blah. And that means that. And everyone had these crazy theories. And it was just so perfectly timed with the rise of social media so that everybody yeah. could share these theories with everybody else that That's was like-minded, true. too. Yeah. It was kind of like somebody came to the world and was just like, let's magic this into existence for all of you Harry Potter fans. <laughs> so you can Coincidence? Ha <laughs> 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 um, I was kind of late to the Harry Potter series. I did not get into the series until the first movie uh, because I thought that the books were a little too young for me. At least that was my impression before I had started reading them. So when the first movie had come out... It's okay. I'm right there with you. I am. Yeah. When the, when the first movie had come out, I gave the movie a shot, especially because of the fact that Christopher Columbus was directing. Uh, and I'm a big fan of movie scores. So when I got to hear some of the music that was coming out of the movie, I was like, all right, I'll check this out. And I absolutely loved the movie. So then I went back and I re- revisited the books and caught up with the books. Because I think by the time the first movie had come out in 97, there were three books out by that point or not as many? I don't know. Um, I'm not too sure. I don't know how many of the books had been released already. I know it was up point. to the first three, but I can't remember. That's if what I, I know it was at least the first three. I don't know if the, if the fourth book had come out yet. But I did, after the first movie, go back and read at least the first three books to get caught yeah. up with the books. Mm-hmm. And then I was with the rest of the world waiting for the movies to catch up to the books and mm-hmm. at the same time waiting for the next books to come out mm-hmm. and continue reading them. So I was late to the game, but I fell into it just as hard as everybody else. I was late to the game as well. Same same story, same you know background. I saw the movies first and then eventually started picking up the books after book four or movie four. Yeah. I think the one thing that I really, really love about how J.K. Rowling writes is that she writes each book for the age that Harry and Hermione and Ron are. So you start out yeah. and you're at, like, you know, in 11th grade, or I'm sorry, not 11th grade, 11 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's what, like fifth or sixth grade le- reading level. Yeah. And then she, they gradually get more complex. You're dealing with more social issues on top of, yeah, you're dealing with more social issues. And then, you know, by books five and six, you're also dealing with a lot of political issues as well. Mm-hmm. That's really heavy to deal with when you're looking at kids who are 15, 16 years old. So you're yeah. kind of like, even, it's funny, I didn't even kind of put that together, but mm-hmm. that's, that's very true because like, if you think about it, like the age, a lot of people are starting to maybe deal with things like death and stuff like that mm-hmm. in their family is when they're year four. So, yeah. and that's that that's time awesome. in your life where you're like, grandparents have a tendency to be maybe passing away right. or you're hearing about this a lot more, or you know, people that may potentially have already passed at that right. point in your life. And you're also starting to see things, you know, at that age, 
kids are starting to understand that there's such a thing as like government corruption and that, you know, that the grownups aren't always right and they're yeah. not always doing what's right. So you get that little bit of teenage rebellion in there. Yeah. Too, it's it's awesome. the beginning of the, re- yeah, you're, yeah. You're the rebellion is years, you know, like where you're getting now to like, Cats. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> getting into rebellious cats. cats. So yeah. we could fund the cats. Yes, I wish. Uh, I could. I could just put catnip on the ground, and then they'll just roll around on the floor for a couple hours. That'd be awesome. Um, so maybe we'll do that during break. But during break, I will definitely move that. So, um, uh, just going back to my earlier point, I, I looked it up while we were talking. The first movie was two thousand one. Uh, the and then so by that point, I think the first four books had been out. Because 97, I think the books were sequential the, the following year, every year. Um, so 97, 98, 99 were the first three books. And then at least the fourth book had been out by the time the first movie yeah. came out. Because the first Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was 2001. Yeah. And then the eight movies were over a 10-year span, 2001 and 2011. So, so I bucked the trend on this, and I actually, like, from the beginning with the books was... But I also, to be fair, I was a really heavy book reader my entire life, so... For me, if there was a new fantasy book, I was on it. <laughs> yeah, actually, I realized I didn't even give my answer on this either. Um, but yeah, no, like, it's similar to, you know, everybody else, I mean, as far as, like, you know, like, Bill and Ben. But for me, I didn't play catch-up on the books. I had no idea by the time the final book came out, or the movie came out, what all happened. <laughs> because I was waiting to actually even check out the books until the movie series was done because everybody's like, oh, well, this changes and this is so drastically different and this subplot happens. And I'm like, I know this story. Yeah. I've seen five movies already and you're telling me there's these plot threads that have never even been picked up. Mm -hmm. If I read the book, I'm going to get frustrated about this. But right now, I'm in the series as far as the movies are concerned and this makes sense to me. And I'm like, I don't want to get myself confused at this point. I'm just going to let this play out. And that's what I did. And it was really kind of fun. But I also never paid attention to the spoilers people were talking about originally. I mean, like, I knew, like, the, you know, Snape, Dumbledore, death stuff and all, but that was about it. Um, I had read the books leading up to the movies, and I had read each of the books before seeing the movie release. Um, I, I love Harry Potter to the point that my daughter is named Lily, specifically spelled like <laughs> Lily Evans Potter. Um, but I also think that it's kind of like the, like, hamburger, veggie burger. They're both good. Mm-hmm. And you can appreciate each of the series. Like, you can appreciate everything in the books for what they are and how true they are. You can also appreciate the films for what they are as well, too, even though they're not, they de- there is some deviation. Um, but, I mean, you're looking at it by the time she was on the fifth, like, the fourth, fifth, and sixth books. They, they were really, really thick and heavy books. So, yeah. you know, they had to kind of edit some stuff Original. back. You could yeah. kill someone with Goblet of Fire. You really could. <laughs> that was my favorite one, too. Oh, Goblet of Fire was so, so good. Actually, times. Prisoner of Azkaban is still my all-time favorite. Really all-time favorite. <laughs> yeah, what's everyone's favorite book? Wait, isn't that scheduled for later in the podcast? Oh, is it? Oh, sorry. Uh, got, I wasn't no, reading my outline. Actually, we, so. we actually, I actually didn't put that in there. Yeah, so what is not. everyone's favorite yeah, well, book? Well, now I'm putting you on the spot. Um. Gobble, gobble to fire. That's I think that's mine that's, too. That's really the turning point in the series. It too. was. It was yeah. when things got really dark. Yeah. The Triwizard Tournament was so interesting. It was so yes. good. That was such a. Re- I mean, they that all was got such a chance cool to be a hero point. too. It was well, I mean, so but great. not only that, but like you said, like with the death of Cedric Diggory, it it got really dark. I mean, it was yep. the first time we ever saw, I think, like a main character main killed character. off. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the best characters, I think, in the books was introduced, Mad-Eye Moody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He came in that, in that oh, book, too. so good. So, yes, that is also my answer for the best <laughs> book, you know, But you're also getting to, hey, 
here's Voldemort finally as yep, well. He's like, back. Yeah. here's your actual real big bad of the thick of all of this. Oh, man, now I want to reread. <laughs> I know. See, and Prisoner of Azkaban. I don't want to reread. I, I want to watch the movie. I loved Prisoner of Azkaban because it also it told so much backstory. It gave you so much backstory of the friendship between James and Lupin mm-hmm. and uh, Sirius and um, Peter Pettigrew as well. And then you get that betrayal at the end and it's just like, oh my God. So good. And there's, I mean, there's yeah. some kind of deep stuff in there and you're talking about, you know, somebody who has to live their life as a closeted werewolf. Yeah. Um, you know, he gets outed from being a werewolf and then he gets kicked out of his job. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of parallels into our society for for what it's worth Definitely. Uh, of people who have who have to... Live under the rug, so to speak. Well, not only that, but I, one of the, the things that I've read about the whole series is the Dementors were developed as a way of J.K. Rowling <clears throat> dealing with depression over her mother's death. Oh, sure. So you bring depression into it, too, that. and it's, you know, you're bringing real-life issues into it, but yeah. you're you're putting it into a form that everybody can kind of see and understand. Mm-hmm. And also, you really get to see Harry Blossom with, like, he struggles so much throughout that book, even though he gets those special little keys, like he has his invisibility cloak. He finally get he he learns how to use the Marauder's map, and he un, kind of un, understands the secrets. Um, but he also struggles a lot in that in that I almost said movie, but in that book, he struggles so much with Patronus, and he gets overwhelmed by the sadness from the Dementors so often. He finally finally realizes that you know the hope that he has to see his parents or to you know, to understand them and understand his father in a sense is what really brings out his bravery and his ability to create his Patronus. Well, it's and even like introducing like one of the big things with that book was Sirius because like his oh, relationship yeah. with Sirius was such a heartbreaking, beautiful. Heartbreaking. Yeah, it was an absolutely beautiful aspect that I'm really glad they added in because like you know he never had because he only had the memories of his parents. Like he never had that close relationship. Apart from, you know, even though he was close with the Weasleys, they were never his. Yeah. Sirius was, was his. His godfather. And that was yeah. just was hard. wonderful yeah. to see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, also heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, heartbreaking later on, but definitely yeah. in that book, you know, he finally gets his uh, his note so he can go to Hogsmeade. And yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's the only book where they also really explored like a a difficult sci-fi concept where the, they'd use the time turner. Oh, the time turner! Yeah. Yes! Yeah. Harry is it's the grandfather paradox, right? Because what got him to cast his Patronus was seeing him Himself cast his cast Patronus. Mm-hmm. And understanding yeah, that true. confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that they gave the time turner to Hermione because she's the only one who's responsible enough to not to use it. Use it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, so now that we've kind of dove into that a little bit, here is a big important question, especially for anything that's a... I still kind of view as a newer fandom mm-hmm. um, because it's hard to create something new nowadays and just be like, here's your massive following of people that will sure, never yeah. let this die. Um, <laughs> that's a really rare thing. So why has this fandom endured since this whole thing ended? That's a big point. And you kind of, Bill kind of brought that up earlier, oddly enough. Um, but I think you, and that's as far as the idea of social media. Um, but you know, you, you both, Threw your hand up, so Bill. It's because everybody is still talking about it, and everybody was so into it, and and theorizing and things like that. And also, everybody made it relatable. Like people started just pouring out their own. Hey, take your house quiz and find out what house you're in. Everybody who likes Harry Potter is like, I'm going to relate myself to a house from Harry Potter from Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Even people I know that don't like Harry Potter 
they're like, well, I'll still relate to this house because this is totally what I am. Um, I would say along with that, you have, it's a generational thing at this point because you have the first people who started reading these books back in what, like the late nineties when they first started being released. Some of them are our age and then some of them were also little kids. You know, you're now these people are millennial age and they're looking to like, I have a nine year old. She's read up through book two and now she's reading book three. So, you know, you have that sort of like, now we want to pass it down to our kids so that they can sort of enjoy the series and grow up with it the same way that, you know, you know, I enjoyed it when I was in my early, you know, like late teens, early twenties when it first started kind of coming out. But, you know, now I can't wait to pass it on to my kids and, you know, see what Hogwarts house they're going to relate to. I'm pretty sure I have a little Gryffindor and a Ravenclaw and a Hufflepuff. But, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting to see, you know, how they're going to take it and how they're going to spin it going forward. I could totally see that. And that's actually, um, I'm piggybacking off of that because um, it's a lot of it is the generational. And one of the things that J.K. Rowling really did fantastically as an author is... And young adult struggles with this sometimes. So you get young adult where they're catering to like too hip almost, mm-hmm. where it's only going to be relevant for the period of time it is. And then the old style of young adult, like The Hobbit and things like that, kids don't have an interest in it now. I mean, like a lot of kids, like some will read it, but they think of it as old. Yeah. It doesn't relate like... Well, The Hobbit is basically for them now is if they're interest, interested in that stuff, they have a thousand one things that look at those versions of those types of characters that do them better. Yes. But like why I made a huge shift in speaking down to kids, like Hobbit was let's tell this story to a young child type of thing versus now they're speaking to rather than down to. And J.K. Rowling spoke to it's, she spoke to, like you were saying, Jada was saying with um, the, um, every year, the level. Yeah, yeah, every year was to the level. Uh, so as you're growing up reading this, you really like you're empathizing with the issues that are going on for every year. It's that idea of this story is not a fable. It's you growing up with these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. It goes to, you know, you mentioned the relatability and everything, too. But the writing itself is just extremely brilliant and intelligent. You go and you compare it to, and I hate comparing it to the series because they're completely different and I hate the other series, but you compare it to the Twilight series. <laughs> the writing in the Twilight series is horrendous. It's terrible. You could tell it was something the author just was like, you know what? I got a story. I can tell it. I could probably make some money off of this. And they put it out there, whereas J.K. Rowling had a story that she just wanted to tell and she told in so so much detail that... I know people who are like like arid football fans and hockey fans and sports fans and like watch like all these like war movies and action movies. You these are people that you look at you would never know are Harry Potter fans, but love the books and the movies, and you'd never know if you'd looked at it. And that's the relatability. But it's just J.K. Rowling put that you know made the story so brilliant and and intelligent, but also at the same time understandable. That it did, I don't feel like it did talk down to anybody, but it was at the level that everybody could understand. Well, I think what it is is Harry Potter, I think you can view it closest to one other fandom, and that's the Star Wars fandom. <laughs> and, um, and the reason I kind of view it this way is there's no question in my mind if you pulled originally somebody like George Lucas and J.K. Rowling in a room at, when the first Harry Potter came out and the very first Star Wars came out, and if you asked George Lucas, who is this character in the cantina? He could have given you an answer and said, 
well, this person's this, and this is what he probably does for a living. If you were going down, you know, like, Diagon Alley and asked J.K. Rowling, the guy that works in this, you know, like, haberdashery, you know, who is this guy that sells hats? What's his history? And she could have said, boom, it's this, this, and this. Every single side thing, item, piece of food, all of it has a story and history. And I think that's what shows that there's limit, un- like unlimited potential for stories. Real quick, I think another thing that really adds to that, the, uh, the longevity of the Harry Potter universe is, well, first of all, it's magical and we all want to believe in magic, but there's not a whole lot that dates it. You know, if you look at it, you can read it now, and it's just like we were reading it 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, because the magical element replaces technology, you don't have people going, oh, and then they flipped open their cell phone and pushed big buttons, or something like that. Like, you don't have, there's there's not that technological aspect that, like, dates it to the early 90s. I just watched Alien Covenant last night, and I was like, hey, look, the technology in this is more advanced, but it takes place before Alien 1. <laughs> no. And then I'm like, brain off. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say, too, with the Twilight series, like, how yeah, you compared to, you know, how J.K. Rowling could paint to so that character that. And, and, you know, and say who they are and what they mean to the story. Whereas you, if you were to have the author of Twilight in that same room and point to, like, okay, who is that werewolf? Her reaction would be, I don't know, but fans are going to think he's hot. Like, it's <laughs> it's stupid. It's filler. And it's just... It's not an answer, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the great thing is, like, you look at the expanded universe, and I'm sure we're going to get there eventually with Harry Potter, where it's going to be... There's going to be more books coming out in that series that are going to be written by other writers and authors. We're going to get to that point probably in the next 10 or 15 years. We already have. Well, Cursed Child... Was written by well, other people. Yeah. Well, it's she, a stage she play. She oversaw it. Yeah. yeah, but no, I mean, it was written by other people right. and she oversaw it. But I mean, like, I'm saying when we start getting, like, full books where you can go to a store and say, you know, here's a new entire series about these characters over here that are not going to have anything to do with her and she might have a say of what happens and or what's allowed to be done, kind of like what Lucas used to. But, mm-hmm. but I think once we get to that, you're going to start seeing who that character is, who this person is, and start diving into the, some of these ideas. And I think it's going to be interesting. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm waiting for the Dobby series. <laughs> I would Aww. love that. I want to see the a series Chronicles of, of Dobby. the Chronicles of Dobby would be amazing. Aww. That would be awesome. One more that. suck is the. <laughs> 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 oh, book's really gonna suck it to him. <laughs> the second Ding. book, the second book, My Kingdom yeah. for a Hat. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write it. <laughs> yeah, next project. Right? <laughs> um, the Chronicles of Dobby. Okay, well, actually, this gets into interesting things now. So, like, now those things like Harry Potter the Cursed Child and then now Fantastic Beasts, do these do right by the series so far? Because Fantastic Beasts has already kicked off. You know, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child's out there, and the play is now in book format, which is basically you're just reading stage directions and dialogue. <laughs> um you know, people. How how do people feel about that? Do you feel like it's a cash grab? Do you, are you excited about them? I I have not read Cursed Child and I have not read Fantastic Beasts yet, uh, and I held off for a while before even watching Fantastic Beasts because I had that same question going into that is I didn't know if this was going to do well by the series because I'm such a fan of not only I'm, I think I'm actually more a fan of the films than I am of the books only because I have that visual when I watch them so I was very skeptical going into Fantastic Beasts, but just from what I know from reading the original books and seeing the original films, 
I, I haven't, again, read Cursed Child, but from seeing Fantastic Beasts, I thought it fit perfectly. I thought it fit great into the world, and I was actually very pleased with it. So I actually haven't read either of them either. Um, uh, honestly, uh, like Fantastic Beasts, it just felt like it was more, you know, just a fun thing, but there wasn't like a tangle into that series, so I was kind of like, yeah, it's okay. And then uh, for the book, at least, and um, with Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the whole play aspect turned me off to it because I wanted to read a novel. But um, when I saw the Fantastic Beast movie, I did get that feeling. Like, that excitement and that sense of wonder that you get with Harry Potter. That you're experiencing this huge, huge universe and world, and it's so strange and fantastic. So, I haven't picked up anything to read since the end of Harry Potter. Um, I'm, a bad, I'm a bad reader. I'm a bad <laughs> reader. I have to get it on audiobook now, because apparently I love audiobooks. audiobooks oh, dude, I've fallen fantastic. in love with audiobooks lately. Surprise, surprise. Starting audiobook, a different series, like, two weeks ago, I've already steamrolled through an audiobook um nice. but fantastic beast as a movie was well fantastic um <laughs> i would like to see harry potter and the cursed child but i think i think the harry potter story has to be done yeah. i think harry potter and his kids and things like that have to be done and we need to explore other people in that world i think it would be great to see other people in that world and that's really what I want to see coming out of the next, you know, kind of expanded universe. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and that's actually one of the things I liked about Fantastic Beasts. It stayed true to the universe, but expanded the idea of like, hey, there's magic on other continents. There are There's a universe out there besides Hogwarts. Um, you know, I really love the whole thing of like, yes, story, like Harry's story is from, you know, sorry, Sorcerer's <laughs> Stone up through... The Deathly Hallows, but I, I love the idea of being able to explore other characters, other other aspects of the universe. The only thing about Fantastic Beasts that I think might be different from the originals is, and it's a point that you made earlier, Jada, is about how Harry Potter doesn't. There's nothing dated in Harry Potter because it's own. It's in its own world. Nobody flipping out cell phones. Fantastic Beast kind of does do that, though. That's true. Because of the time the period 20s, that it's yeah. in. Yeah. But I think it works, though, too, because it is historical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that it's set, hey, World War II is about to kick off. And yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, this is kind of cool. Oh, it's yeah. not a complaint. It's just something I've noted about yeah, the I mean, I, I think, honestly, for me, is like, I read the synopsis and the breakdown of what the Cursed Child is. Like, these are the bullet points. This is what the story is. And know what it is? That whole thing? Harry's son and Malfoy's son are good friends and get in trouble with the Time Turner. That's pretty much what that whole story is, and they go back to everything that happened in Harry Potter and screw it up. Until you mentioned that, I had <laughs> no idea what it was even about. Yeah, and that's what it is. And now I kind of want to read I, it. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> like, some of the things that they did, I'm like, oh, God, this makes me angry, and I don't want to see this. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. again, from what I've heard, like, it wasn't, J.K. Rowling supervised it, but she was not the one writing it. Yeah. And I think... It just, a lot of people were not satisfied with it because it just didn't have that yeah. aspect to it. Yeah, as far as, you know, fantastic... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No. You, you've missed one thing here. Mm -hmm. You've missed the Broadway show, The Puffs. What is the... It's, it's a comedy show. It's a comedy show all about Hufflepuffs that were at Hogwarts during the time Harry Potter. Oh my god, that's amazing. That's well, amazing. <laughs> I have actually seen another Broadway show, not a Broadway show, I've actually seen another stage show about Harry Potter called Potted Potter, which is two guys who tell the entire story from book one to book seven with two people in 45 minutes. Wow. And it is 
And they play every character in the story. They play Hermione. They play Dumbledore. They tell the entire st- series of Harry Potter 1 through 7 in, I, it might not be 45 minutes. It might be like an hour and 15, but it is hysterical. And the stage and the theater where I went to served butterbeer. Nice. Uh, there's also a very Potter musical, and there is ones for what? all these different ones. Yeah. Oh, I've can, seen a Harry Potter musical. There's uh, Darren Chris is in that, isn't he? Yes. Oh my god, that that Dar- is hilarious. I Darren Chris, who that. is from uh, Glee, Glee, and he was also the music meister in Flash, Supergirl. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, he got his real start from the very Potter musical. That's but awesome. there's also multiple. Ones. There's continuations of that, but oh they're long, and there's a lot of music, and it's beautifully written from what people. Have said. Of course, the Ravenclaw knows this. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but uh, as far as Fantastic Beast though goes, I I will say I was really really excited about it because like I didn't know what to think, and I was worried, and I mean very worried that this was going to be a cash grab. Like for me, I viewed it as the the Warner Brothers angle, where it was. Warner Brothers just lost its major tentpole franchise and it's done and over with and what are we going to do? And they said, hey, we're going to do this. And everybody's like, oh, they're just trying to make another Harry Potter and I don't think they're going to do it. And then it was like, J.K. Rowling is writing the screenplay for the entire series. Then it was, hey, they're now going to do five movies instead of three. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be The Hobbit all over again. (laughs) And then it was Rowling coming out and saying, hey, I need more time to tell the story I want to tell. And everybody's like, this could be good. And then we watched it. And we're like, oh, thank God it was good. (laughs) Well, that was actually what was going to be my question is like the first movie could seem like a cash grab and then you watch it and it's not. But then after seeing the first movie and seeing the success of Fantastic Beasts and then hearing that they're making, okay, now there's going to be three to five more. Now you might be a little skeptical and make it think, okay, now Warner Brothers is trying to do a little bit of a cash grab with this. But when you said, like J.K. Rowling says, no, no, I have more story to tell. The moment you hear that it's her saying these words, you're like, all right, good, I'm done. I'm, yep. I'm set with it. Yep. Make as many movies as you want. And I can't remember the character's name from Fantastic Beasts. He was the New Yorker that became uh, good friends with um, Newt. Yeah, and had his uh, memory erased. He is coming back for yes. the rest nice. of the series. Yes, they did say he is a major player yep. in the rest of the series. And I think I think they're introducing a younger Dumbledore into the. Into the I saw that. Well. They are. That looks he, awesome. He becomes the co-lead of the series moving Yay. forward because it is about his also rise. I really am excited about that because I'm so you you get a little snippet of Dumbledore's past um, in the last uh, in um, sorry Deathly Hallows. They get in a little bit more into that. And that always intrigued me. You know, his background story with, um, oh God, why can't I remember? Um, his brother? If you were Ravenclaw, you would know this. Stop it's it. If I, was, if I wasn't confounded, I would know this. Aberforth. Aberforth. And then all, his whole family drama history. And then his also, his um, friend relationship with um, the one who turned bad. Uh, Grindelwald? Yeah. Grindelwald. Yep. Thank yep. you. Um, you know that whole that whole scenario. Really, I'm just really intrigued by that whole thing, and I can't wait to who, who, see more. They about that. announced who's playing Young Dumbledore. I I heard Jude Law. It's Jude Law. I heard Jude Law. <gasps> yes, still my heart. So we have Jude Law and Johnny Depp in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and well, will Johnny Depp be in the sequel? Yeah. Oh, he's he in is the rest of it. Oh, is he okay? Right. He. I mean, honestly, at the end of the movie, he was Grindelwald. It was definitely True. him. Yeah, and, all right. And I don't think there was any kind of but I love know, face mask that was. stuff. That yeah, was. I had no knew. idea until I watched the movie that yeah. Johnny Depp was in the yeah, movie. That's true. And then I was like, surprise. But I, one of the things I got to give her credit for, and I'm going to pull another Ravenclaw thing here. Um, <laughs> 
So when J.K. Rowling actually wrote the entries about Newt in Pottermore, they say what happened when he wrote the book Fantastic Beasts. And then there's a gap about his life that happens right where the movie Fantastic Beast ends until he is married. <laughs> the entire timeline, and she planned this from way back when, the gap during the first, well, the second wizarding, like, like, uh, you know, great wizarding war, mm-hmm. all that time is missing for his character because she was still writing it. Nice. But she knew she was going to be telling that story eventually and purposely left his that section of his history missing when she actually made his entries in Pottermore and the Potter histories and stuff like that. And that's what we're getting out of the and Fantastic Beasts. And that's what Beast Fantastic Beast is all yes. about is the timeline of what happens when the, the second Wizarding War begins yeah. and ends. Well, and that's what the that... next th- four movies are. It's World War II and... The second Wizarding War happened in tandem. Yeah. Well, Dumbledore was such a mysterious character, too. And, I mean, he dies in the series, so, like, you don't get more answers. And so that's an easy way for people to get interested because, well, shit, we all wanted more answers of, like, how he rose to fame, more about him. He was such a huge character in the books. I I think an interesting twist, and this is something I literally just thought of now... I think an interesting twist that would really make you go back and think about the original tales is in Fantastic Beasts, if we're getting an introduction to Dumbledore, you know, because Dumbledore is, you know, the headmaster of Hogwarts, that he's going to survive Fantastic Beasts. But if what if there was a twist that he actually is killed in Fantastic Beasts somehow one way or another, and then he returns in hot and you know, we're like, wait a minute, how is that possible? Because he's the headmaster of Hogwarts. It would make you automatically consider, well, like, okay, maybe he's not truly dead in the Harry Potter series either. <laughs> Dumbledore could return again. So he's pulling he's setting, up, setting up a future. King he Arthur? technically could be the human embodiment of a phoenix. Of King Arthur. <laughs> or, or Gandalf. Or Gandalf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> shall not pass Dumbledore this class. Gr- well, actually, you adopted. Gr- <laughs> Is he going to fight a Balrog, too? <laughs> <laughs> so we have Dumbledore the Grey. Which, not Dumbledore the White. <laughs> and then that was Michael Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon. Oh, no, wait, no. Um, uh, I get the actors no, It was Richard yeah. Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get, like, you know, I don't know what we would call Michael Gambon's <laughs> version of, of Dumbledore. Uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore the White. <laughs> yeah, we have to figure out who, who Jude Law is now. Oh, so. yeah. Dumbledore. So black, gray, white. The, the dark gray, the gunmetal gray. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbledore, Dumbledore the Blonde, because he hasn't gone gray yet. Dumbledore yeah. the Blonde. Dumbledore the Sexy. <laughs> Dumbledore the Swoonworthy. Do you like my You Shall Not Pass This class? Yeah. <laughs> All right, and I think with that, let's take a quick break, and then uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, dive a little bit more into the original book and the original films and start going through some of uh, the major points that we haven't touched into yet, uh, and then a couple fun questions before we close out the show. So we'll be back in just a few. Hey everybody, this is Rob from DC Primetime and the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods. And I'm here to tell you about a couple friends of ours, and that's the fine folks over at BoardGameBento.com. Now, if you're not familiar with who they are, they offer a great loot box experience for you monthly. And what they do is each month, Board Game Bento comes with a themed surprise selection of tabletop games and accessories. The best part, each box comes with at least $80 worth of games, and it's mailed right to your door. 
take advantage of a special offer that we're putting on right now from the fine folks at Next Level and Board Game Bento by using the offer code NEXTLEVEL, all one word, at checkout over at BoardGameBento.com. There's never been a better time to start building your board game collection. And we're back. So one of the things we didn't get a chance to get into yet was uh, a little bit more about the original book series uh, and film as much. Like, going into, like, the nitty-gritty that, like, we kind of, like, talked lightly about and kind of maybe alluded to some things. But we never really got too heavily into the characters, um, you know, like, some of our favorite kind of even things, like, silly things like spells, you know, who's the most important character, all these little things. Um, And I think most of us at this table can say, who's the most important character, and all of us have... <laughs> Probably the same answer. I have Neville strong Long- feelings about this. <laughs> Neville- very strong feelings about Neville this. Longbottom. No. Um, but let's get with who our favorite character is. Like, it doesn't need to be the most important, but who our individual personal favorite character is from the original series. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to actually, um, you know, I think I'm going to pass this off to Bill first. So I know I actually already said Mad Eye Moody, mm-hmm. but I really love. And my favorite has to be Remus Lupin. Aww. Yeah. He really wonderful. touched me. He touched my heart. <laughs> touched my heart. <laughs> hurt. 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 Dead hurt. Why? What about him? He just struggles with being a werewolf and still just trying to be an all-around, like, cool guy and do the right thing. Bill's like, trying to tell us something. That I'm a werewolf? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. The moon he is understands rather, those werewolves. The rebels. moon is rather large in the sky. And I, like, driving home the other day, I looked up and the moon was huge and I'm like... I need oh. to get home quick. Oh. <laughs> oh. starting to get fuzzy. <laughs> Why do we have chains in the basement? <laughs> oh, that's a completely different reason. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> See, it puts the lotion in the basket. Say, oh, wrong series, wrong movie series. <laughs> I'm getting 50 shades darker here by the moment. So yeah, no, Remus Lupin is uh, definitely my Aww. my favorite character, and I think you know, kind of the best best to me. Um, Jada, personal favorite character. Oh, there's so many to choose from. Um, but one that I relate to much more now that I did, you know, maybe back then is Molly Weasley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's she's definitely my Gryffindor Mama Bear spirit character in that book, uh, in those books. Your Patronus really is just Mama Weasley. <laughs> I mean, the whole, like, she's just, she's fierce, she's protector, she's loving, she's kind, but she don't take no shit from anybody. And I just, I love, I love that about her. Um, you know, is she the most integral character in the book? No, but, you know, she, she takes Harry in as her own throughout, you know, throughout a lot of it. And, you know, even though the Weasleys didn't have much and, you know, their house was little and crazy and cluttered and, but, you know, she had her clock and she knew where her people were all the time. Yeah. She knew where every single one of her kids were. And, you know, that was always her number one priority was family. I'm going to jump in now because I don't want anybody else to say my character. Or <laughs> uh, actually, mine's Ty because it's Fred and George. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Easily my, my my favorite characters from the entire series. Um, I, every time that you just saw what they were constantly doing and just constantly breaking the mold mm-hmm. and knowing very, very fair, uh, fair, like, you know, it doesn't matter really regardless of anything else. Even the decisions that they're choosing, they're like, our folks are going to be angry at us, 
but they'll understand why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> we're going to do like, it anyway. And again, and that's exactly it. It's like, they know their parents are going to be like, God damn it, why would you do that? You're throwing your lives away. But we know this is what's best for you both. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I loved that they were like the most interesting kindred spirits through all of it. Side note, they're Aries. I know. Are they really? April 1st. That's what oh, April 1st. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not shocked because that is like the two of them are quintessential Aries personalities. Isn't Harry a Leo? Yes, he is. That's uh, J.K. Rowling's um, same birthday. Mm -hmm. That's actually the same birthday. (laughs) But um, but yeah, I loved I loved their characters though so much. And I mean, obviously, it's very sad what happens at the end. uh, You know, when you you close out your you know the final book. Mm -hmm. You know, you have one brother. You know, now torn away from like his his best friend and. Essentially, in all of this, kind of almost even soulmate. Like, they do everything together. There's one, um, I guess it's on like a, a meme, a Harry Potter. I, I, I know what you're about to say. It breaks my heart every time because oh, it harkens oh. back to the uh, the scene in um, The Goblet of Fire where they go to try and toss their names in and they age themselves. Like, they do do it, they do rapid aging spells, and that's the only time they ever see each other as old men. I know. Oh. And it's just like heart. The meme, the meme that always kills me is the mirror of Erised one, yeah. which is what uh, I can't even say it. That's kind of like, but yeah. Every mirror is the mirror of Erised. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. I know, right? <laughs> those are like those are like the memes, like like the like the Firefly memes, like you know, yeah. how does Captain Mal, you know. Clean his ship. He puts it through the wash. Oh, how do you clean soon. a reverse spear? And he put it through the wash. It's always, always, yeah. always yeah. too yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. Too much sad. Yeah. But no, I I love their characters there so much. We uh, cat- have Aries. So I'm gonna cheat, and I'm gonna do one for me. Why did we get to a house? What? No. No. What? But I have one for me. I don't care. Favorite character. Here, Ben can go first, and then I'm going to do one for <laughs> Then everybody gets to do that, and then okay. we're going to be here all night. Okay. Good. No. Let's do it. <laughs> ben. Cat uh, doesn't get to go at all now. <laughs> uh, can't follow the rules. You don't get to participate. So mean. I was just letting her get all the squeals out now. <laughs> Uh, my favorite character throughout the entire run of the series was ha- was Hagrid. Aww. I shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> I shouldn't have told you that. I shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I loved Hagrid, and Hagrid is... Hagrid's character is actually, I think, the first time I ever got choked up in any way at any moment throughout the series of the, sh- of the films was a Hagrid moment, and it was when Hagrid returns to Hogwarts. And everybody stands up and applauds for him because Harry says, it's not Hogwarts without you, Hagrid. And yeah. I I was like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm getting attached to these characters. Yeah. But no, I love Hagrid. I just, he's had so many like chuckle moments and and I think he's like just, uh, he's a very important character to the entire story. Um, I, I think that was actually when I saw the movie for the first time, because again, this was my first introduction to Harry Potter. Um, when I got introduced to Hagrid for the first time as he's coming flying down uh, on the motorcycle. Oh, and my like, serious Black's motorcycle. And yes. I'm like, this is very interesting. In the, it's I'm the like, this is so one. different. And I'm like, I didn't expect this at all. And I'm like, I think I'm in. Yeah. And then when you see him talk to Harry for the first time, I'm like, 
Because he doesn't really kind of come across like a giant almost the first time. You're so. a wizard, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> He's the grounding person. I mean, Hagrid grounds you through the whole series. He does. He's a very grounding force. He's constantly the... introducing you into everything. Yeah. And I know it's kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I, I, he's, to me, he's probably one of, if not the most important character in the series. Because he is the one that brings Harry to Hogwarts. He is Harry's keeper. And I think he's one of the most important characters in the series. J.D., you looked like you wanted to yeah, jump Yeah, he's retracted. Uh- no, no, no. You're good. Okay. I, I love. I, one thing that I love about Hagrid, just to piggyback on what you're saying, is that he's so compassionate. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just this big, gentle giant, you know? And they, they go into that a little bit in, uh, I think it's book five, where he goes to visit the giants. Is that book five? Yes. Um, and he, you know, they introduce Grop as well, his yes. brother. Yeah. But, I mean, he just he has so much compassion for the students and for even just for, for the crazy animals that he keeps. And, I know. You know, like... He's such a sweetheart. The, with the blast-ended scroots, and he's, like, treating them there like, like they're kittens. He has a pet <laughs> spider in the forest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Aragog, yeah. 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 And herds of thestrals, and... Are you ready to rejoin the conversation, Cap? Yeah. <laughs> Did you think long and hard about what you tried to do? I did. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. We know. So, <laughs> so my favorite is <laughs> from the House of Slytherin. <laughs> it's like, and moving on. <laughs> I actually, all I'm just gonna do is you get your first one and continue on. It's just gonna be a long bleep until you finish your thought. <laughs> I kind of love it when Cat gets in trouble. It's you great. monster! <laughs> so Hermione and no Tops. <laughs> Tom, Snape, and um, Luna. Okay, One so that's each a, house that's represented. A quick, okay, by, um, why is Hermione your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> okay, because Hermione carries the entire series. Okay, like if so, if Hagrid is the grounding force, Hermione is the survival force. She's the driving force, and the force. reason, yeah, she's the reason. I mean, like Harry is the. Harry is the pacing device because he just constantly gets in trouble. But Hermione's the reason they get out of trouble. They've been dead so many times over. And actually, I'm so true. I'm jumping ahead because this is your the whole thing of like who is the most important. We can we can get into that now, and then we can shuffle this around. It's fine. I mean, yeah, I I I think once you jump into yours, and I'll so Hermione, I think, is the most important character to piggyback on what you were saying because. She is so knowledgeable, but she's also so brave. Like she is the sort of you know we talked about blended houses, but she's she's a graven a Gravendor, <laughs> a Gravendor claw, a Gryffindor Ravenclaw mix because she's so knowledgeable and she has that ba- that wealth of knowledge in her of all the different spells and all the different history. But she also you know knows how to you know punch Malfoy in the face, keep them out of trouble, keep them hidden during the whole series of the Deathly Hollows when they're you know on the run, mm-hmm. but even just like, okay, from letting Harry and Ron maybe copy her notes and that sort of thing, but chastising them at the same time for not studying and that sort yeah. of thing. Like she is, she's the most important character that's active during a series. I would say my other option for the most important character would be Lily Evans Potter mm-hmm. because without her, he would not have, without her protection charm, he would have died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's there true. wouldn't be any. Um, I I'm obviously agree on the Hermione front. Uh, I think you only see her really make one major mistake ever. In dating Cormac McClaggan? I, 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 I was actually going to say dating Ron Weasley. But okay. uh, no, I'm with you. I went there too. I was yeah. going to say is you, you, you only ever see her make one major 
mistake though in like what which was what which is I'm gonna try to take out a troll by myself and then she's oh, like oh yeah I, I'm gonna learn from this mistake and now I'm gonna get us out of every mis- uh, any stupid <laughs> thing that we do and she was like okay so that's how this whole game works cool got it those are the rules mm-hmm. and that's kind of feels like that moment as far as their adventure and like the actual physical peril that they're in that's the only time she ever gets I think of them in any and then she's yeah. just like cool this is exactly how this world works. And it felt like it wasn't a mistake. It's, I need to test the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Because I'm in the school, and hopefully someone will come to my aid if I do this wrong. Yeah. You know? But beyond that, though, like, you feel like you're right, though. She is the person that is kind of like, oh, okay, we really need this to get out of the situation. She's like, don't worry. I brought it because I know none of you did. And it's uh-huh. like, here is my magic bag of everything. It is The like, tiny little beaded purse. Yeah. yeah. It, it is amazing. And it is just... Her bag of holding. Yeah. <laughs> It is the world's greatest bag of holding. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. If she did not exist, they would have died. Imagine when Harry or Ron, yeah, right? They would have died they in year died. one. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and that's exactly what would have happened. Though it took until the very, very end of things. But honestly, I think the most important character, and this is going to cause a ruckus. No, I understand what you're about to say and what you're about to say. the actual chosen one, Neville Longbottom. Did I not just say Neville Longbottom? <laughs> you did. When we were mentioning he it. He did. But yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, his his parents were killed as well. Yeah. They weren't killed. They were driven insane. Yeah. Almost as... Uh, almost almost worse. as devastatingly. Almost yes. worse. Yes. Because they were there, but they weren't. Yeah. And he had the sword of Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. He was able to wield the sword of Gryffindor, and, and he was... Rightfully a badass. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And you know what? I'm glad that you brought that up because I love that Neville Longbottom throughout the series, you know, he's made fun of. He's bullied. He's mm-hmm. he's he's like, oh, I should have been a Hufflepuff. I'm basically a squib. But you know what? Mm-hmm. When it came right down to it, he stood up to his friends even in year one when it was like the most difficult and kids are trying like the dickens to fit yeah. in. And he stood up to his friends and actually saved them and got them the house cup. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a lot. Um, I'm going to also put my, uh, throw my hat in for uh, Snape, too. Because the amount of self-sacrifice that man did through the entire series, like, you know, for Dumbledore. I mean, like, he was the epitome of what I think of. And that's why I listed him as my favorite from Slytherin. Because he's what I think of when I think of, like, what a good Slytherin is. Mm -hmm. Because he, you know, he was always in the shadows. He kind of played the bad guy. For the sake of the greater good. He manipulated things. Mm-hmm. Are you sure that's all? Because I think you've just left... The, I think you just have to list Harry now, and you've covered them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're after, No, no, well, Hermione was my Gryffindor. Yeah. yeah, I got all the houses. Who, yeah. who wants to list Harry, though? Nobody does. <laughs> Harry wasn't that great. I mean, like, well, he's the lens of who you see in the story. Yes, and he was a great lens, but he's not the best character. <laughs> He he was he was a character. He was the major plot point, plot hinge, and he had plot armor out the wazoo. He did. Thanks for money. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. yes, yes. Really. that's true. <laughs> yep. Um, I want to add one to your bullet points, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, because I'm curious what everybody's thought process on this is, because I have mine, and I want to know what everybody else is. Who was the toughest death. Oh. Oh, man. Because there were quite a few. Oh, my God. I know. And I'll start it. And I'm going with... I'm not saying... I'm not saying importance to the story. I'm saying emotionally, as you got attached to these characters, which one was the hardest to deal with? And 
people may laugh at this. I got more choked up at Dobby. Oh, no, I know. Oh, Dobby. Dobby's yeah. death was heartbreaking. I got more choked up at Dobby's death than I did he anybody so else loyal. in the series. I can see that. Uh, I, I, mine actually was... It was a moment where we were like, wait, did that character just die? Serious Black. Black. Yes, yeah. that's mine too, honestly. Because you're like, Harry's got a family. Everything's... Uh-huh. Things are finally that, getting better for him. He's and he's got a home. He has... He has... For the I'm first like getting time. misty just thinking about this <laughs> no, right now. Like when he no, fell through the curtain, like I literally threw black. the book across the room and screamed no. Like yeah. I, I was just mm-hmm. like, because again, he had a home, he had family. Yeah, that, it was, was there. It was so close. Was that moment, like for me, even in the, the movie, because you just see that and he's just right there. And, and it's kind of over. And yeah. You're like, yeah. yeah. And then you see him disappear. I'm like, well, he can come back from that. No. And you're like, yeah. no, they just told us like 10 minutes ago, mm-hmm. nothing comes back from that. Yeah. But that's the way that it's such an unceremoniously just taken out of the equation. There, there's no pomp and circumstance to, to the death. It just yeah. happens and it's over. Yeah. Which yeah. is in very, is very realistic to death in real life. There's no, yeah. it can happen very sudden and there's no, it's nothing behind but it. It what, just happens. What it meant it's... for Harry as a character and everything that yeah. he was fighting for. And that's what it's kind of funny. Just a moment ago that we're saying, you know, Harry is a character that's kind of like, you know, he's got all the plot armor and stuff like that. But it's things like that though that remind you of, nope, he's nope. in this just the same as everybody else yep. is. Yeah. He has plenty of those moments where he's just as a compelling character as people sure, like Hermione yeah. is and so on else. Because if he wasn't a compelling character, none of us would care, would care about this much about the series as much. Mm-hmm. He... He is the lens, but he's still what's driving be, everything. Mo- it would be forward. called Neville Longbottom and the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would read the fuck out of that. <laughs> uh, so, how about you Snape guys? Snape was mine. Or Snape. not Snape. Um, although that was one of mine too, actually. Well, so it was Snape serious, in Slytherin. Serious and it was, was my top. Yes, <laughs> yes. It was... <laughs> So Sirius was my top. Like, my house. That was my, my house. Whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, actually, um, in the final books, the like the big ones for me, Snape, and then um, it was Fred out of the twins. Yes, I, died. I know. I always like we talked about this the, beforehand. Yeah, but yeah and I'm pretty I always sure it's over that. But that one, um, that broke me too because the Weasleys were just the heart. Oh, they were. Amazing Not only that, but books. for me, it was also seeing Molly like grieve over her child. Oh my god! Like, that yeah, was I just know. gut wrenching, <sighs> sad. Lupin yeah. and Tonks were another. Yeah, that yeah. was that was that too. was real. And you just sorry. were going to say that. I'm sorry, I'd... but serious, serious Black was mine. I would have to go with that because, like I said, it was just it was so awful. Bill, discuss your man. I did. Not, no, I, was gonna, I was actually going to say the basilisk. The basilisk, <laughs> yeah, or, really? or, or or Nagini. Nagini, yeah, that's too. <laughs> I no, cheered but, the most ever did. when they both died. He but, hates the no, but it was it was it was Lupin and and, and Tonks, and that was yeah. just like because they were just lying there, you know, in the in the collection of all the the people that had had perished during the battle, and they were holding hands, right? Yeah, yeah. they were holding mm-hmm. hands. And they had like, just had their baby, mm-hmm. like they had just oh like oh my god, they had gotten married, like they were trying to make a life beyond yeah. this war, and it's just. So who, who took their? It was their daughter, in, um, right? No, they. Or they, was it a son? I believe it was. Is the baby mentioned in the movies? They no. mentioned. Well, wait a minute. I, think, I believe I they mentioned their. I don't think so. Not in the movies, but they mentioned at the end of the Deathly Hallows. I believe. Yeah. Uh, um. 
I'm sorry, I'm having a lot yeah. of trouble well, remembering. That's Dan okay. can fund we this can't remember. <laughs> well, we can't remember. I'm sorry, we cast that in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> We're such that damn bludger. Stupid <laughs> bludgers. Um, I think Bill's looking it up. Try it. Try it. It's okay. It's okay. Magical we can... internet. I thought he was. I thought he was raised either by the Weasley family. Probably the that. Weasley I family. Mean, yeah. Taken everyone. Oh yeah. I mean, well, that's my guess. Weasley. It's like. But any any specific like the real specific reasons to why it, it just it. it was just the gut punch for oh, you. I mean, like I said, Remus is my favorite. That was his yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah. He was my jam. Aww. He was your jam. He's my peanut butter. My jam. <laughs> <laughs> And especially, you know, after after Tonks, who was awesome and that was your Hufflepuff amazing. girl, right? Exactly, her first representation. So yeah, and just and, and seeing them both go together with such a a look upon themselves of you know we're doing this together and we're doing the right thing because they could have they could have run they could have yeah. run and tried to say hey we've got a life coming up let's run and save ourselves yeah but no they decided mm-hmm. they stuck it out to the end to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I know. The sadness. Yeah, no. Uh, there's a big ben. sorry. There's a big part of me though. It's like I want to go back and like watch Harry Potter and or stuff like that, or read the books, Probably or listen to the books. the books. But then at the same time, I'm like, but then I have to deal with all these people dying. I don't know if I feel yep. like going through that right now. <laughs> I, I think one of the deaths that had a greater impact in the books than it did in the movie was Hedwig. Yes. yes. Oh yeah. Because yes. in, the, in the movie, it happens like that. It's you like don't a, even realize it like, happened. It's like, what was that pop of feathers that yeah. I saw in there? Yep. Oh. Well, the other difference, though, too, is, like, the movie you see Hedwig around, but in the books, like, Hedwig was one of Harry's first companions when he, like, goes into this new world. Yeah, she was his first so, friend. Yeah, like, yeah. so there was this whole greater resonance in the books, and you have his internal perspective to kind of balance off that, and you can get his attachment to Hedwig even more. Yeah. So when Hedwig went in the books, you were like... This is the beginning of the end, oh god. <laughs> well, yeah, because I think before Hedwig, I think really the only deaths we had dealt with at that point was Cedric. Was Cedric? Cedric. Cedric Sirius. Sirius and Dumbledore. So before the final book. And Lily and James. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, like, those three, if you think about it, though, you go through six books, and those are the three characters that are taken off the table. And then you hit Deathly Hollows. And then you hit the Deathly Hollows, and, and you're like, you're we're like, no one's safe. the cast out of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, say goodbye. Um, all right. So, speaking of the Deathly Hollows, though, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it'd be kind of interesting, because, again, another little small thing. There's only three to really choose from. Uh, out of the three Deathly Hollows... What is your favorite Deathly Hollow? <laughs> I can't see Jada, so I think we know her answer. <laughs> I'll do. I'll just do this with mine, because that's how Voldemort held it. it was the Elder Wand the one? The Elder Wand. Yep. I have so many problems with the Elder Wand. <laughs> yep. Do it up. I just have problems with Ben having the Elder Wand. That's all. <laughs> so you just have problems with me having the Elder Wand? No, I, I don't. So, so the Elder Wand, and, and it's it's described, and looking into it a little bit more, it's not as shit of a wand as it looks. <laughs> because the Elder Wand has got all these, you know, like, things of, like, elderberries in the wand. And looking at it, just looking at it straight on, it's like, those are, like, look like they could be, like, knots in the wood. That would clog up the magical power that you're using the wand to, you know, convey, and it would be a really kind of shitty wand. You need a nice flowing wand from 
magical power to go from the user to the end of the wand. So you mean that the Elder Wand re- didn't really look like it was just snapped off a tree? No, no. Okay. So so the Elder Wand, the Elderberries, actually were carved into the wand. Aww. So it still is a continuous flow of, you know, there's a, a flow through the wood <laughs> that allows that magical power to, to, you know, continue through the wand. So it's a fine wand, but... <laughs> I don't think it's the coolest Deathly Hallow. I have to go with Jade on this one, the Invisibility Cloak, uh, because the story behind it is so awesome, because, you know, Death comes to the three brothers, and the first brother's like, I want a wand that can never be defeated, and then I want the power to, you know, bring back life, and the other brother's like, I want the power to just hide from you. (laughs) And he wins! He wins against Death, because Death can't find him. And the invisibility cool. clothes just dead useful, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> useful, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually have to go with that one, too. So I'm the only one that didn't choose no, the invisibility. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose the Elder Wand, too. Okay. Yeah. I don't want you to have that either. <laughs> yes, they do. You totally do. I like that nobody picked the resurrection. Yeah. Everybody's like, it. eh. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I would oh, it's like, use I'm going to use it and hide my house key under it. <laughs> the, only... the resurrection stone they even talk about its flaws like i mean they each have their flaws each mm-hmm. of the deathly hollows but like the resurrection stone it doesn't necessarily truly bring that person back yeah so the only way i would want the resurrection flaw. stone is if i also have the elder wand so i could bring you back to kill you again <laughs> that's 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 it the problem with the elder wand as well it's like a beacon that's just Drawing people to it to say, "Hey, come defeat me in a duel and kill me." Bring so it. I, I want to. It's the wizarding equivalent of a nuclear arms race. Right. Exactly. It's also mm-hmm. very easily breakable, considering Harry just went like this and it was done. Yeah, yeah. Good. When I'm in fighting modes, I can just whip out my elder wand and then get uh, a fight. No, on. no, I already have it. No, I stole it. Nope, sorry. I, I kicked you Wizard down. Expelliarmus. Achio elder wand. <laughs> No, it doesn't work like that. It yeah. does. It just did. Yeah, it's like new spell. No, begin the kiss. Because it's Accio <laughs> Elder Wands, not Accio Elder Wands. Accio. Oh, so yeah. see, we both fail. <laughs> <laughs> we went over. <laughs> Bill, Bill, you know. Wingardium Leviosa. Not Leviosa. Okay, so because we're now onto this, this actually is the next point. <laughs> what was the coolest spell in the magical world that we were introduced to? Alohomora. Being home. able to unlock, unlock any doors. door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is a very useful spell. Okay. I was so that is Chen. But useful. We're talking coolest spell. You uh, cool I would be rich with Alohomora. So. You'd also be very in trouble. I would the be. The feds would be coming after you. <laughs> I would be, but you can't lock me up because I just Alohomora the jail cell. Uh, I believe they would... Uh, take your wand from you before they locked you up. That is also that true. That is a very good point. And it wouldn't be the feds, it would be the R's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I think the coolest spell... Uh, I actually have two. I've got, I've got two that kind of tie for... No, 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 you're in trouble now, too. <laughs> favorite spell. No, well, well God, first... I'm just, I'm not first, first I'll cast my first coolest spell on you all, Muffliato, and so you won't be able to hear what I'm saying. I'll be, just be able to talk to the microphone, and you guys will be like... What's he saying? He's just like mumbling, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but the other one... And, and it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I know it worked. I didn't even have a wand. I just... <laughs> boom. Um, and it's actually a really scary spell. Uh, Fiendfire. Ooh. Because it's... 
and this kind of ties into a little bit of what we may be talking about later. It's like fuego. Fire, just fire everywhere, and oh shit, I can't control it. And it's and also just takes going the shape of everything. like ferocious beasts too. So mm-hmm. it's pretty freaking scary. Yeah, wait, that's a fire spell that it's fire that takes the form of a beast. Yes, Being fire. Oh, yeah. I want that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. That was that was the spell that uh, screw Alohomora. Um, they that, cast it in the room of requirement. Draco casts it in the no, no, no it's not Draco. It's um Goyle. It's Goyle. Goyle. Goyle casts it in the room of requirement in the very in the Battle of Hogwarts. Um, when they're searching for the diadem. Mm-hmm. And he loses control of it because He's yeah, an it's, it's hard to control for even a good wizard. And mm-hmm. Krabby and Goyle are not really good wizards and takes out the entire rumor requirement. I believe it takes out the diadem as well. Yep. And, uh, and gets himself killed yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Our first mention of Crab and Goyle. Hey. <laughs> All podcasts. The mooks of Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. I've got That's my spells cool in. One. I forgot all about that. That's what I did. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. How about you guys? Um. Well, in for Slytherin house, Asio, Asio, Asio. That one because. I could bring all the things to me, and that's really cool in my mind. <laughs> I know it's not super fancy, but it's useful and cool, or very interchangeable for me. <laughs> Can I pick a potion, or does it have to be? A- sure. It depends. I- Are you a Muggle? No. Okay, then you're good. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to probably share this with yeah. you. Because I think technically muggles can't develop potions. No, they can't. Yeah. Um, my spell, or I would pick a potion, it would be Felis Delixius. Liquid luck. Liquid luck. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be a, a large one for me, too. I think the, uh, the other one, I can never remember how it is. It's like, what is it? Brachio... Uh, Brachio Mendo. Brachio Mendo, oh, which is fixing broken things. Fix, yep. Well, fixing fi- broken bones. bones. Oh yeah. Oh, you need that. Because <laughs> I yes. do. Because I'm always <laughs> injured. Fix all the things. <laughs> I, I think one of the other coolest ones that would definitely be a runner-up for me, and I don't know about the rest of you, and it's it's a very important spell is Expecto Patronum. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you need it. Yeah. Killing curses would be kind of fun too. Yes. Bugs. I think about that too. <laughs> Spiders. And they're like. Great. You know, like, anything like that. There are different spells that aren't as as bad and as criminal as Killing Curse to kill spiders. There are actually spider-killing spells. <laughs> yeah, but if you could use that one instead, it would be so much cooler. <laughs> you also might burn a hole in your floor pretty easily if you miss. Go big or go <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> the wrecking ball of spells. Yeah. I was like, but spiders just, like... Slippery little devils, and you, it's easy to miss them. It's, it's, it's like same. dropping the atomic bomb on the spider. It's, just, it's, the it's like making it overkill. Yeah. <laughs> it's the concept of there's a spider in my house, let me set my house on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Molly Weasley knows a crap ton of spells to keep pests out of houses. The oh my god, that's sure. probably very, very true. Also, as a mom, I kind of want to know Molly Weasley's like housekeeping spells because, like, oh, yeah. if I could like be you know magicking dinner and magicking laundry and magicking all of my house chores to be done, I would be the happiest witch oh. ever. Well, there's another bullet point on here I forgot to put on here though. What's that? The best food or snack food from Whoa. the Wizarding World. So, good one. That is a good one. So I wasn't sure if anybody had any right off the top of their head that were like. <laughs> 
Um, I would go only because we're fast approaching autumn, which is my favorite season. Yeah. And also, as you know, a white girl who sometimes wears yoga pants, hail the pumpkin spice, pumpkin pasties every day. Ooh, I would nice. eat all the pumpkin pasties. That's awesome. Uh, I have two, um, I could, only because I can't remember the name of the one, but what were the candies that we're eating that made them, like, when they would eat, like, the, the elephant one, and they would, he would start making noises like an elephant, and oh. they would growl like the wolf if they ate it. I can't remember, but they were doing it in, in the house. The, yeah, in the house Gryffindor party. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. But, yeah. I mean, other than that, um, only because I've actually had it before, butterbeer. Yeah. Nice. Butterbeer would probably be mine too. And yeah. it's incredibly sweet and really bad for you. But it's so good though. It's... And it's one of those like really good autumn winter type of drinks. I love so... making boozy butterbeer butter for yes. people. I mean, like, oh I... now we know why your Quidditch career ends. Yes. <laughs> uh, I may have a problem. <laughs> um, I, I gotta say, for me, just because I'm curious. Because they spoke up uh, about it so highly, constantly. I really want to try the pea soup from Lakey Cauldron. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Because yeah. I don't know if you've ever had really good pea soup. I have. It and it's delicious. really fantastic. Mm. I'm at a loss. This is one time, and I feel a shame. Shame is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I know! Because I don't know what kind of food I would really want from the Harry Potter world. Here, wait a minute. Just, I've got it. I've just got take it. the lot. I've got it. You want the Hogwarts feast as your favorite oh, snack food. Yeah. That's that's probably true. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's it. Oh man, the, the All the food. Like, All of yeah. them. Uh, just that moment where Which you just see those long tables, tables just, just fill, fill in. Up. There's yeah. only one other food scene in a movie that has ever made me like, I want all of that now. Which was the, the, the Never uh, Neverland scene from Hook. Oh, yeah. When they're all just like diving into the weird ass food and they're like, it's turkey legs the size of people's heads. And you're like, that mm. looks amazing. Yes. Actually, this is kind of related to food, but it's also kind of related to spell. There's the drink refilling spell. Ooh, hey, nice. you've done your drink. You magic it and you <laughs> refill your drink. Yeah. That could get you drunk really fast and really bad. I'm sure they also have things that just make you drunk, too, oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, that candy doesn't actually have a name. Oh, huh. interesting. They, interesting. They, they, never, they never name it. It's just enchanted candy. Yeah. Magic candy. Well, of magic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here is another one that somebody... I forget if Kat was the one that brought this one up. We were going through bullet points. But I thought this was one of my most favorite questions for the night. Mm-hmm. Is if you could teach a class oh, at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft <laughs> and Wizardry, what would it be? Kat. Herbology. Because I have studied all of the herbs from a very young age. And I think that stuff is so fascinating. I could talk about it forever. <laughs> I could see that. I mean, especially with you, like, like you have a tea business. Yeah, blending That's all the so tea. Weird. I mean, like, the amount of herbal books I have, like, that I own is ridiculous. I know the Latin names for all of them. So when Harry Potter, when they first, like, had herbology classes, I was immediately like, what is this? That's awesome. Oh, I know that herb. I know that one. I recognize that one, too. Like, a lot of the ones that are mentioned in are actual herbs that you can use. Yeah, they actually came from an actual book. Yep. She used she used names from an actual book, so they actually are real real mm-hmm. things that she uses. And I recognize them because I'm a nerd geek. So, <laughs> which sounds <laughs> I know what mine is. Mine is without a question the the class I would teach, I'd probably not last that long. 
Uh, but I would absolutely be defense against the dark arts. Are you sure you're not Slytherin? Uh, I might be. I might actually be. <laughs> oh, the you're Elder like, Wand, like, defense against the dark arts. I want to teach the dark Maybe things. I am truly a Slytherin. <laughs> I can speak Parseltongue. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's not appropriate. <laughs> This is a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, no, defense against the dark arts. I would, I would absolutely be defense against the dark arts teacher. Jada, how about you? You know, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Ben. <laughs> um, given the protector nature and that I want to keep all the people safe. I would actually also go defense against dark arts. If I didn't do defense against dark arts, it would probably be charms. Uh, Bill, do do I have to pick like an actual course, or you can come up with your own course? Oh wait a minute! I didn't know that was an option. If Bill gets to pick his own course, then we all get to pick our own course. How about this? It'll be anarchy. Pick a real one, and then we'll go around one more time. And if you could create a class for Hogwarts, okay. we'll do that as well. So, so uh, an actual, you know, a real uh, Hogwarts class would be uh, apparition, apparition lessons, which is I'm not familiar. Apparate. You can just pop. You can. Yeah, just they actually a, do that yeah. in um, the Half Blood Prince because they're all turning uh, sixteen or seventeen. Mm-hmm. Sixteen, I believe. Um, and there's actually, it's basically like driver's ed for wizards. Yeah. Like, can sign up for take um, apparition lessons on a Saturday. I just went through that chapter on my audiobooks. It's mm-hmm. six, sixth and seventh years only. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember that. Neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, again. You didn't read movies. those books. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't really touch on that. Yeah. What's yours, Rob? Uh, I would actually, big shock, probably potions. Uh, yeah. Actually, you put exactly this much of this in. <laughs> If you use so more, you will explode. Um, yeah, I, I that just that's, that sounds fun. Um, I mean, you cat sees me cook in this house, and she's like, "Are you actually going to make sure you're using an actual teaspoon and measure it out perfectly?" I'm like, "Yes, that's what the recipe calls for. That's exactly what I'm doing." That is not my. And that's the way I cook. Oh no, I eye everything. I no. cook everything yeah, that way. And when I go to my drawer really to find sorry. the things I need. <laughs> And I'm like, why don't I have teaspoons? Where are they in this house? I bought like three sets of cats. Like, yes, we don't need it. And I'm like, no, that means I can't cook. Ravenclaws and Gryffindors with cooking. Yes. Ravenclaws See, I would say I bake that way, but I cook. I cook eyeball. I, it's all by intuition. that way, too. See, I'm the opposite. I cook by eye. I bake by measurement. I do, too. Yeah, no, we, that's what we yeah. all do. Yeah. Oh, but even like, when I make... When well, I that's mix, what I just said. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I, no, I think you said, said I. No, say, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. is a science. Sorry. Cooking yes. is an art. Yes. I may have reversed it only because confundus. No, you said uh, That's true. No, you were right. Okay, okay. all right. All right. I was under confundus, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's catching. Oh, no, Ben. Oh, no. I actually, the sad thing is, I even mix drinks that way. I know you do. I can eyeball it when it's a drink I've made numerous times. But if I'm actually making drink drink, I use shot glasses as my measuring tools. Well, so I, it may not look like much, but I'm like, nope, this is exact. This I usually exact, do that too. If I'm exactly. making like a more, be a great if I'm making like a martini or something like that, I measure out ounces and everything too. So it's yeah. Okay. So I figured out what I want to do for my uh, made up class. Your BS class. Your, your yes. Yeah. I want to do wizarding sex ed Ooh. because 
there's going to be a whole myriad of other issues that are going to crop up with... Ooh, magical STDs. Oh. Magical, magical STDs, birth control. Magical BDSM. Yes. Magical... <laughs> And the most important rule, never have sex in a circle. Can professors join this class? (laughs) I have a lot to learn. That's magical BDSM. That goes in with my other work thing, which is I write erotica, so. That is really cool. I didn't think about that angle. Yeah. It would be very useful. I mean, like, we could use better sex ed in schools anyway. And until Umbridge comes along and regulates the shit uh-huh. out of that class, but yeah, that would be the worst. <laughs> and as she, as you're carving it, I will not spank teacher over and over. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that spell they cast on Neville in the first movie would take on a whole new role. Yeah. <laughs> so, since I brought it up, my class uh, that I would totally make up um, because it doesn't seem like wizards have a problem with technology they don't use it but they don't have a problem with it so i would be i'd teach a class of you know modern technology and the wizarding way oh that's and so cute basically trying how to you know say hey hey to, to wizards hey you know yeah you you don't really use this stuff but here it is other muggles use this stuff you need to learn this stuff as well, and you need to learn what you can and can't do with your magic around these things. That's adorable. I love that. It is kind of precious. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do. <laughs> I'm dying because a friend of mine has uh, gone two years to Magiscola and actually is a professor at Magiscola, um, and he teaches um, ethics and magic, and his very first lesson to his students is always... Magic is a violation because it's basically like you're manipulating the world around you and there are muggles and people who don't get that. So this this whole conversation of what would your made-up class be is just, it, it would be perfect for a good friend of mine. Um, for me, I would actually have to go to back to what my college degree is in and do magical theater. Magical performance art, magical yes. dance, magical theater. Like they they don't talk about the arts program. You see no, choir no. in our in Hogwarts, yeah. especially you know around Christmas time. But they don't really talk about the arts too much in Hogwarts. So I would want there to I would want to head up the magical theatrical performance department. Could you imagine the productions? Man, you put on? we would have some really great shows. We wouldn't have to build sets. No, nope. create them. Oh, yeah, you just magic them into Oh, my made up class mm-hmm. flyers ed. The Set of driver's ed, flyer's ed. Okay. They, they teach well, they kind of yeah, have that, But that's with Quidditch, though. Well, no, that because... Like, like, oh, no, that's right. No, they do. Yeah. Okay. Madam Hooch or something. Oh. Fly, yeah. fly, fly, all right, well, then, if, if it wasn't fly... Yeah, was, I was saying it as a joke more than anything. Um, and all the tons of laughs I got from it, oh, 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 oh. it worked Ra- out. Ravenclaw moment. Sorry. Um, so, um, <laughs> He's totally just Hermione, too. <laughs> So the actress that plays Madame Hooch in the movies is actually in the movie The Worst Witch with Elizabeth yes, yes. and Tim Curry. Yep. Oh wow! I do knew that. I did know that. Thank you, Ravenclaw. Rob. I'm back to a, I'm back to a Ravenclaw, a Slitherclaw. Uh, no, if, if honestly, I don't know if it's an actual class taught at Hogwarts. I think it might be a class at the college level because I, I know there are college levels of magic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's taught at Hogwarts. I would do uh, the history of dragons. Ooh. That'd be fun. Actually, you know what? Magical history would be a great course for you to teach because you'd make it interesting. Because yeah. right now it's the ghost that teaches it. Why can't I think of his name? Um, I know you're talking about Nearly Headless Nick. No, 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 no. It's it's a ghost who died midst... He, he died, like the actual professor died while teaching class 
And his ghost kept lecturing. Yeah, I can't remember the ghost name either. But um, yeah, you'd actually make it really interesting. So mm-hmm. that that would be awesome. Be a magical yeah, history. Be of my Slytherin ways. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because actually, the more we go through this podcast, the more I'm starting to realize I probably really <laughs> a Slytherin. You do well in Slytherin, then. <laughs> So, so, so that's a book we'll find you for Christmas. Is so you might be a Slytherin. <laughs> Accepting the Slytherin in you. Oh wait a minute, that sounds that sounds really yeah, that's, that goes with that goes with you magical BDS. You know what a Slytherin would be into some magical BS. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah, my yeah. god. So I think the class I would teach would be Muggle magic. So it's actually teaching like things that like you see on like a Penn and Teller show. Oh my god, and stuff like that. it's fun ways to like. In form of, you know, the the wizarding world is, this is what muggles think magic is. <laughs> and this is if you want to show them their silly little parlor tricks or use it as things to ways to make fun of muggles. Snape um, and Moody's fool us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that would be amazing. <laughs> but I think it would just be a fun fun thing to do is it's kind of like, this is what muggles think magic is and just make the whole class kind of a joke. They're like, see, look, they think this is funny. Chapter That's 7. Empty. Hint, hint. Chapter or, 7, David Copperfield. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Siegfried and Roy. I was just going to say, the guys with the tiger, right? Yeah. (laughs) Why Chris Angel is a sham. (laughs) Chapter (laughs) 3. I agree with that one. Walk on water my ass. I think those are all great classes. Oh, God, that is just... I want to go to Hogwarts now. I know, right? (laughs) Okay. So, now that we're starting to wind down, uh, so... The last two quick points we're going to make before we do our closer, because our closer, I think, is going to be fairly quick. Uh, so, now, how do wizards from the magical world stack up against other wizards in geek culture and geekdom? Uh, and, you know, thinking about this, obviously, we're thinking of things like, you know, Tolkien and D&D. You could look at as Jedis as being space wizards. I know some people do. Um, and, you know, things like Dresden Files. There's tons of different book series with different types of mages. You know, so where do we think the wizarding world stacks up against these types of wizards? Okay. Um, so typically in a lot of these instances that you're bringing up, like so in Tolkien and Dresden and things like that, wizards are almost like super, super, super powered in that sense. Whereas like in Harry Potter, they're kind of presented as like normal. I mean, it's, yes, there are strong wizards in the bunch, but as a community, they are, you know, like there are every shade and variety. So it's difficult to say. And whereas like in a lot of these other examples, like Tolkien, it's tons of hobbits and then Gandalf. And it's like, you know, no one's going to really hold a candle to that. I, I, I could almost see too how some of these other wizards that we're seeing, like Gandalf and such, could actually, in essence be from this same world because as we see like all these other wizards like Gandalf the the moment we meet them they're already all and powerful as you mentioned and we're meant to assume that that's the way they've always been yeah but with Hogwarts now you're seeing the rise of how they got to this point so in essence Gandalf could have attended Hogwarts at some point Gandalf was totally Neville Longbottom oh Oh, there we go fan theories (laughs) on a future episode Neville the Grey and then we talk about one theory in depth nonstop, and that's all we get to for an entire episode. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm gonna take a nap. No. <laughs> I think it's interesting that 
in the world of Harry Potter, there are a ton of magical wielding people. Mm-hmm. Like, as opposed to like uh, Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, you know, there was Gandalf and Saruman and Radagast, and there, there were like a small number of wizards, and they were all basically demigods as well. Um, but no one else really used magic. Um, whereas in Harry Potter, it seems like every other person was born to a wizarding family and can use magic. Mm-hmm. Um, D&D is <laughs> kind of the same way. You know, there's there's not there's a lot of magic. It depends on, yeah, again, it all depends on the, the type of, um, the type of, uh, campaign you play in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's totally not like, you know, there's so a hard kind of line between Harry Potter and Dresden. You know, Harry Potter. Hey, look, we have these schools all over the world that teach people how to use magic and how to use magic responsibly. <laughs> and then there's Dresden. Dresden. Like, I don't use magic responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't use magic responsibly, we're going to kill you. <laughs> well, like with um, Dresden, too, I think the big difference between that and Harry Potter, like... Harry Potter, you see the trivial, and this is what I mean by, like, it brings it down to earth. You see the trivial side of magic. Like, you know, Fred and George, like, are playing pranks and having a prank store and, like, doing, you know, regular stuff. With Dresden, it's like, we're fighting things. We're using magic to fight and fight and fight. But you don't really get to see him, like, you know, it's a big endeavor. So he's not, like, really doing it for fun little bullshit reasons. Well, And it's also... It's also a thing that actually is treated a lot differently. You know, in mm-hmm. Harry Potter, it's like, oh, you know, magic is just something you do. You know, it's not like in Dresden where it's a it's a conjuring of will and a putting your yeah. will into 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 you know your magical spell, which mm-hmm. actually takes energy and, yeah. and really drains you if you really have to do a large spell. I mean, Harry Potter, it it you know if you do something huge, yeah, it's going to drain you a little bit, but they're using magic. All the freaking time. Yeah, yeah. look at the, look at the battle the Hogwarts. It's like every six seconds. Yeah, it's just every flick of a wrist is another like spell going off and attacking somebody or blowing something up. You yeah. drop Harry Dresden in there, he will survive for about thirty seconds, and then he'll be but like, you know what? Though, on the floor. His one shot will probably blow up Hogwarts. This is let's true. be honest. This is true. <laughs> He's like, I didn't mean to do it. Hogwarts is on fire, and it's not my fault. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you look at it, like, in Wizards in a lot of old fantasy series, too, the they, like, Wizards used to be, like, they were, they were, like, the rare... They were the deus ex machina. Yeah. Whereas they're commonplace in the in J.K. Rowling's world. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, I I kind of love it. It's like, like you said, it's the grounding aspect of it. It yeah. is their technology. It right. is how Molly Weasley cooks dinner and folds laundry. And it mm-hmm. is how, you know, they're like, oh, Osseo Pen, let me write a note, you know? Like, I mean, it's like, you know, I, I love Mr. Weasley's fascination with, like, random muggle things. He's like, what Plus, is this? Yeah, he's like, you know. This, electrical outlets. Yeah, he's like, what in is this? a collection of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's, like, because everything that they do is revolves around magic. Yeah. So I, I think that definitely puts these, you know, the, the wizards and, like, witches in the magical world at the bottom of this list. For the most part. I mean, yes, there can be ones on the very top. But sure. the, as Kat put it. The random passerby that works at a bookstore in the magical world, they're, they're probably using their magic to, you know, get alphabetize the, the bookshelves. Mm-hmm. Get the tall books, like the books down from the high, you know. Mm-hmm. The Gaudium Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is the majority of their day. But I mean, like, you know, 
They're, they're not going to do in, in probably. They have hospitals great. and banks, and yeah, right. they have a whole world. And that's, that's that's what they as do. mundane as they can be for being wizards. So yeah. the, yes, there's going to be some really strong ones, but I would assume most of the ones that you find in a random D and D, the majority of them will probably put most of those wizards to task. Yeah, but that's yeah. also what makes Harry Potter so relatable compared to a lot of those other books, where you know most people aren't going to relate to the you know. <laughs> ancient wizard slinging all of the magic and doing all the things and oh my god all this power blah 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 whereas like yeah you're gonna relate to like Susie at the bookstore who's like come here bug come on down I would say the only other wizarding school that I think is probably on par with my like representation of Hogwarts is showing some of like the dichotomy of how cool magic is and then also how like you know, some of the more trivial aspects of it would be the Unseen University from Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Oh my god, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Where you have, like, somebody who is useless as Rincewind who yeah. literally knows uh-huh. one spell. Yep. Yep. <laughs> because, like, a book fell on him, and you have a librarian who got turned into an orangutan, yes. but prefers being an orangutan. orangutan yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, the the, the head, uh, Potter Stibbins, I believe, is the head mm-hmm. of the Unseen yep. University. So you have some, like, these kind of, they're kind of bumbling wizards. Mm-hmm. Like, they're D&D wizards who they are, like, Idiots! They just happen to be able fantastic. to use magic, and they're really smart at magic, but really freaking dumb about other stuff. Yeah, which is kind of true about a lot of academic people. So. And if you've, never, <laughs> yes. if you've never seen the BBC's Color of, it's, it's the Color of Magic. Yes. Yeah, it, it was the movie. They've that done they did. a couple which are really and, good, and but. Mm-hmm. that one specifically though is like mm-hmm. flawless. Mm-hmm. Like it is so to the T, exactly. Almost feels like line for line that book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I actually almost completely forgot about forgot this about world. Those too, those are fantastic. Oh, yeah. They're a favorite in our house. Um, okay, favorite. so the very last thing we need to get to before we do our MFK <laughs> is if you could bring one item from the Wizarding World into our world, what would it be and why? Oh. Betty, hey. I'm gonna go with the Marauders map. Ah. Oh. Hold on, the Marauder map was just a map of Hogwarts, though. That's a very good point. In that case, I'm also going to bring Hogwarts. What one thing would you... No. Um, all right, you know what? In that case, I'm going to go with the Invisibility Cloak. Okay. Because I think that would have a lot of practical use for a Slytherin in this world. Fair accepting enough. Accepting your inner Slytherin. I'm accepting it now. I'm taking your Marauders map concept and twisting it along with my class of teaching technology to wizards. You're going to put it on an iPad? I'm taking, yes, I'm taking (laughs) the spell and I'm putting it on Google Maps. (laughs) When I pull up my Google Maps, I'll be able to see whoever I want around me. Now see, if you can do that, that's what I would have done with the Marauders There you go. That would be really terrifying. Yeah, that's So it works wherever you go. Right. Not just Hogwarts. Yes, yeah, super scary. Hey, my boss is coming around the corner. Get off Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I will bring a dragon. <laughs> because a motherfucking dragon. All right, now I'm, now I'm sticking with the invisibility <laughs> cloak. Uh, I'm surprised you actually weren't bringing unicorns. Oh, no. <gasps> did you see her face? It did. She actually, her eyes dropped and she's like, how can I forget about unicorns? <laughs> Especially if if you kill one, you live forever. Only if you drink their blood. And even then, it's only a half-life, Ben. Slytherin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm accepting my Slytherin. So unicorns, are you changing your final answer? 
I love them, but I think dragons would be more useful to be honest. What if it was a unicorn riding a dragon? I would want that. Okay. <laughs> I would definitely want that. I didn't know unicorns riding dragons counted as an item. Well, you can if you strap them down. <laughs> Super it works. Oh, okay. Then it becomes one thing. <laughs> so Only it's if they okay. magical sex Put a unicorn horn on a dragon. You're good. We're getting and you, you make probably a ton of money right now because everybody's like, oh my god, HBO is sp- uh, giving me a ton of money because Game of Thrones comes back this week. You know, it's like, yay! Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so I have it's a it's a real hard tie right now between two items. Because A, how are you going to do magic without a wand? That's you can do wandless magic. You can do wandless magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my other one would be a time turner. That would be awesome. Oh time turners God. have lots of lots and lots of possibilities. Yes. That was a really poor decision on my part. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> what decision? Redo. Um. I was going to be just silly. I'm just going to bring Hogwarts. And everything that's inside comes with it. Yay! Uh, said that. You said Marauder's Map, and then you're like, <laughs> there's an end, an end Hogwarts. That's oh, oh, so that's why. That's like the unicorn dragon thing. Unless you're gluing them together, that doesn't work. No. I'll wallpaper Hogwarts with the Marauder's Map, and then I'll bring Hogwarts. <laughs> no, uh, actually, I'm, I would not bring that. Actually, I, what I would bring, uh, because I just think it would be really interesting to be in a world that way, uh, Dementors. Oh. You monster! I know. But think about it, though. We're like, if you see them flying around, like, oh, somebody did something bad. It's kind of like, you know, sitting there like, I don't know why, but it's like, entropy is kind of fun. If you're going to do that, when you bring the Marauders, can you send me to Hogwarts <laughs> so that I'm away from the Dementors? But like, when oh, you know when people do something really horrendous, uh, like, like, horrendous. Heinous <laughs> and, and horrendous, apparently. Yes. <laughs> New word. It is spreading. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but like, when people do really, really horrid things, though, in this world, yeah. just knowing that they're like, cool, they're just not around anymore. That's, that's a good thing. That's fair. World peace. Aww. Through terror. Through no, honestly, in my actual real answer is butterbeer. So, <laughs> butterbeer. But we are, kind of already have it. It's true. No, no, no. The real, no. real, real butterbeer. Real, real butter no, okay. We have what they think it would be. That's true. You know, because um, just a lot of brown sugar and yeah. cream soda. Yeah, and butter shots and butter. Yep. But no. Well, if you make it alcoholic. But no. Always. I, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm just really curious what actual real, real, real butterbeer tastes like. And I'll probably have a sip of it. Man, I really wish I could blow that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so let's actually close this episode out because we're getting close to our two-hour mark. Mm-hmm. So we're going to end tonight with the MFK. This is actually really tough. And I think I have mine. What better way to do it than with the good old way to do it and tonight's Harry Potter-themed MFK is the Defense Against the Dark Arts edition with Remus Lupin, Alistair Mad-Eye Moody, and Severus Snape, and I'm starting with Ben, because uh, he said he's ready to go. Well, I would marry Lupin, because the way his death happens with Tonks, you know he's romantic. I know that sounds really cheesy, but it works. <laughs> uh, I would probably kill Mad-Eye Moody, because with only one good eye, he'd never see it coming. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But his good eye is really It's good. really good, so yeah. you're taking a chance. And then well, I, I, if you have sex with him, he also may not see you coming. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> uh, 
That was horrible. Sorry, it was there. It had to go. But as a sliver, and I liked it. Um, and then I would, I would, I would fuck Severus Snape because he's the only one left, and something tells me it'd be kind of kinky. So, <laughs> go ahead, Bill. So, so, unfortunately, yes, I'd kill Mad Eye Moody. He doesn't look appealing to me. <laughs> no, I Ding. would. He might be a big teddy bear. Might be, might be, could be. I would totally slither in this other Severus Snape. And I'd marry Remus because, you know, at least once a month, he would totally be a beast in bed. (laughs) You got him three with that. Nicely done, sir. Well done. (laughs) Now we know why his hands are like all going. He had to get it now. He had his pun jazz hands. It's It's the most exciting. Skip me right now. Okay, Jada. Okay, sorry, Mad Eye. You just don't do it for me. I would probably have to kill Mad Eye Moody. Um, I would probably mm, see. This one's really hard. Um, I'm gonna say I would fuck Remus Lupin and probably marry Severus Snape because he, at the end of it, always man, he was so romantic. Yeah, he was vehemently loyal to Lily. He loved her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But Remus during a full moon? Yeah, no, well, I didn't say <laughs> yeah. when I fucked hey. <laughs> Sex ed class again. <laughs> that comes Talk into play. Sex ed. That's gonna be you have the six. most important class, apparently, out of all of us, <laughs> really <true>. easily. <laughs> I don't know. We could probably work out something between right. the theater department. <laughs> <laughs> the exhibitionists would love it. <laughs> Tonight's pretty, oh, uh, you know, like uh, production of Caligula. <laughs> Performance art. Until Umbridge shuts us down. Ah, <laughs> uh, good old yeah. Dolores. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, Moody. You gotta go too. Poor man, I, I, don't, I don't think he survived any of us. Listen, no. he is just not a looker. Sorry, yeah, see what I did there? I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> Ding. Um. I would marry Lupin because I always love Lupin and Tonks. Um, and I would bang Snape. I mean, I don't really know if how, how he would be, but it'd be interesting, I'm sure. See, I just see that he would be like mopey. I can see him being <laughs> like he'd be like kind of. It would be like really like mopey, like, and then he'd just either. Like, he'd be thinking about Lily the whole time. Yeah, probably, <laughs> most likely. Maybe I could put on a wig. We could do some. <laughs> <laughs> see, then again, you know, our department's yeah. really part of this. <laughs> So for me, sorry, Mad Eye. You oh, didn't so, survive anyone. So you really should have thrown in somebody different because it's, it's an automatic kill every single okay. time. Like, think about but it. We didn't know that. Gilderoy, Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh, we everybody did. would have killed him probably. I, would, um, I don't know. He was a looker. He was, I mean, he's hot. He that was, was Kenneth Brenner, right? In the movie. He was, yeah. yeah, I, I, might, I, I would wouldn't have killed him. I would not have killed him. I, I would have married him. I probably would have banged you, him. Yeah, you that Quarrel or Dolores Umbridge. So, <gasps> so if you put Gilderoy Lockhart, or Lockhart in there, you could fuck him once and then erase his memory. <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. Erase his memory. And it's as good as the first time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, Mad Eye, unfortunately, has to go. Um, you, you, you fuck Severus Snape. And the reason why is he's not marrying material, as you both 
you know, as Kat and Jada both put it. Uh, but the, one of the main reasons is, can you being, imagine being married to that and get into a shouting match and, like, having him be angry at you? Like, there's something about just the way he carried himself. And when he was angry, you're like, I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to go hide over here in this corner because there's something terrifying about him. And also when he's angry, he could just be like, Morse Morda and, and the Dark Lord's there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just realized another reason why I would fuck Severus Snake over everybody else. Yeah. Snape over everybody else. Uh, because <laughs> Severus, like because Snape, Severus Snape uh, could brew you up a polyjuice portion that could potion that could make him anyone you wanted him to be. Oh, there you go. It's true. Um, but no, like I said, uh, you know, Severus, it's just that, again, it's the, the broodiness angle, but I don't look forward to mar- married arguments. <laughs> that seems really, really rough, and I, I don't know if I could put up with that for long. So, uh, but Maybe he wouldn't fight with you. Maybe he'd be loyal like he was to Dumbledore. He also mm-hmm. still killed Dumbledore, and he was ah, loyal. that was part of the loyal. I know, but that still. Was at his request. What if he was like... Loyal, remember? Till death do us part. Dead. No, that would not have been done without your consent. Yeah, but they weren't married. It was like they were married. Okay. Imagine, <laughs> notice how this is happening between a married couple and two. Okay. We're going to move on. We're going to move on, because this could go on for a while. We'll continue to... No, no we won't. You'll yes, make... Yes. Into the bonus yeah, hour of the podcast. No, 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 I don't want to continue the conversation. <laughs> Um, and then you marry Remus because uh, yeah, Remus actually was one of my favorite characters though too. He was actually like really high up there yeah. um, for me, and which is actually one of the reasons why I actually cosplayed him the one time. Uh, I, I love his character so much though. Like it just it was the first time you felt like Harry started you know having somebody there for him consistently. Like you know he did with you know his friends and the Weasleys, but like he had a mentor. Serious? No, early. I said earlier oh. on. He had a mentor. He, he was also somebody that knew his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it was those moments that you were like, this is, that is marrying material. And the werewolf thing is like, okay, yeah, the werewolves do look a little creepy in, in you know, Harry Potter land, but. In the movies, but I mean, the books, they're described differently. Oh, I didn't feel again. Like I know, you didn't read the books. Yes. I only read the first two. I still need beep. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's my reasons why. So. I don't know. I think I might be changing. I think I might be agreeing with you on that. Still kill Mad Eye. <laughs> I just I just can't imagine fucking Snape. Like it's just I don't know. Polyjuice potion. Uh, you can do that with all of them though. It's true. <laughs> yes, but Snape can brew it. Yeah, but you need to make sure you have a piece of the person that you're trying to polyjuice. Hey, you kill the Barty Crouch version of Mad Eye. Wait. Take so his polyjuice potion. And then, huzzah. <laughs> Wait, Wizarding Sex said on this, he's very broody. So, I mean, he might make a really good sub. Maybe he would be, like, really into the self-like, you know, torment thing. That's true. Yeah, so that could be a fun angle to explore We have him. spent a lot more time on this <laughs> NFK than, yes. than normal. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, Capsule Line gives the shortest answer. I like, just no, 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 let's get back into this for a second. <laughs> Make sure to try to check out Severus Snape on FetLife. <laughs> <laughs> you know there is somebody out there. Yeah, I see if you go search it right now, you'll find it. Uh, all right, so cheap plugs, uh, and that's not another wizarding sex ed thing. Uh, and then let's get out of here. So uh, if we can just kick around the room real quick if people want to talk about things that they're doing. 
And then we'll uh, we'll we'll get out of here, and uh, we'll see you guys around here next month. So starting with Bill, uh, I just want to remind everybody that in a couple of months, Extra Life is back, and we are going to be raising money again. I know our group is going to be raising money for Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, CHOP. Um, but there's a whole bunch of Extra Lifers throughout the country raising money for their local children's hospitals. So if you know an Extra Lifer. Please donate. It's going all to these hospitals, Children's Miracle Network hospitals. They give 100% of donations to them. Yep. Uh, 9.6 million worldwide last year, which was up from the previous year of only 6 mil. That's awesome. So this year we will probably break 10. Woo! So that would be awesome. Nice. Uh, you can find me, uh, as one of the co-creators of the Next Level Podcast Network, which includes, uh, the other podcast that Rob and I do, which is DC Primetime, uh, as well as the Showcast Spotlight, which is our interview podcast, uh, in which we just interviewed Omar Epps from Shooter, and we just found out today that comedian Ben Bailey, former and once again current host of the new Cash Cab, uh, actually reached out to us to come back on to promote his show and Cash Cab. <laughs> so he will be returning to the podcast in about two weeks. So we're excited to get to talk to him again. Oh, Ben Bailey, he's a really dirty man outside and, of Cash Cab. Dude, and he is hysterical. Um, <laughs> and the fact that he reached out to us to come back on. And I think, just a quick story, like we had him on last time and we were talking about a show. And then we actually went to his show to see it and met him afterwards. So I think that kind of resonated with him. Like, Hey, you know, these guys actually came out to support me too. So he reached out to us to come back on, to promote his new show, to promote his next appearance and cash cab. So about two weeks, we'll have him on and that can be found at next level radio online.com. Um, books, lots of books. Yes. You have, you have multiple (laughs) that you can bring up specifically. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Rob. Uh, I just finished a series, so the last of the Philly Coven Chronicles books came Yay! out in July, and that was Waking for Winter. Yay! <laughs> and then, um, I've got a new Shifter series coming up, um, the first book's called Forged Alliances, and that'll be out in September, October. And then in October, I also have the third book in a multi-author series called the Cupid's Cafe series coming out. So, woo! Lots woo! of books! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Um, well, I mean, aside from nerd momming, um, let's see, I am participating in the Philadelphia Dragon Boat Races this year. It's my second year of paddling. We can't say rowing because we're not crew. We paddle. Um, but we raise money for Camp Can Do, which is 100% free camp for children with cancer. Um, so check us out, Kate's crew, or Katie's crew. We are, last year we won gold in one race, but, um, we're, we're hoping to... Continue and have another great year this year. Um, also, Kat and I and a bunch of other ladies are doing uh, DC Ladies at the Renaissance Fair, Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair, on August 26th. So come Join check us. us out. Join us. Come cosplay with us. It's I'm going to be a lady, apparently. I'm yeah. going to be Wonder Woman. Um, <laughs> it'll be super fun. Well, it was supposed to be Ladies Day, but you know Rob's going to tag along, too, as Robin, which is really, really rad. So, um, you know, it's it's all are welcome, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun day at the fair, and uh, hopefully we'll get a lot of fun pictures. When is this? August 26th. Well, if it wasn't so hot, I'd break out my Jay Garrett Flash. Nice. You should do it anyway. Do it do, anyway. Do, you know what it's like to wear that leather jacket in the winter? Bring I am a not, fan. I could always wear this. Just bring a Mm-hmm. Bring a fan. Bring a fan. There's no fans at the Renaissance Fair. There are. There are. I mean, a paper fan. Uh, fan. What'd you think uh, of that? 
that as. I thought you meant like somebody who liked me a lot. <laughs> no, this was, I mean, it was just like, it's a fun thing that we decided to do. A friend of mine and I um, sort of came up with this idea after doing a LARP last winter, uh, oh, sorry, last March, where it was, um, it was uh, our friend Rita ran a LARP that called Under the Mask, where we were all different incarnations of superheroes set in the Italian Renaissance. And um, some of us kind of were like, I really like this concept. Let's let's continue this forward. Because so we started planning. And what day is this again? A Saturday. It's a Saturday. A Saturday, August 26. August 26. August 26. Oh, uh, oh, I cannot be in Wabba. Sad. Sorry. We'll have fun at the beach. Yeah. We'll have fun pretending we are superheroes Yay! in Jerusalem. With the bestest of costumes. Yep. Uh, as for me, uh, as Ben mentioned before, you could also find me on DC Primetime, which is a weekly show that we record every Sunday, uh, and that is usually up on Mondays. Usually Monday mornings. Mo- it's it's post. It's usually up by Sunday night. Yeah. It's posted Monday morning. But that follows uh, us discussing DC TV shows and DC movies, uh, very specifically things like Arrow, Supergirl, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. And the upcoming Black Lightning, uh, which is kind of exciting because that's getting closer and closer. Um, but in addition to that, though, too, as Ben, uh, not Ben, yeah, Bill uh, also mentioned, we've got Extra Life coming up, which I'm really excited about. And as always, you can find us over at nextlevelradioonline.com, uh, where this show posts. I'm not sure what next month we'll bring yet, but we're getting closer and closer to the episode that all of us are waiting to do, which is in December for Star Wars. Um, but like I said, we will have a, another show coming up in just a couple weeks, and we will talk to you guys then. And until that time, see you around the bend. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Rawr. Sorry, I got my Gryffindor in there. <laughs>